All right. Oh. Got a new follower. Sick. Yeah. We are we are so not used to that sound effect that we're like, what the fuck was that? Catches Soon, us all off. Guys. Soon, hopefully, it'll be a daily occurrence. Thank you, Jay. You're Great. welcome, buddy. Greatly appreciated. <laughs> all right. We'll take whatever we can get. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 140 of This Week in MTG, your Patreon news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. Over there, we got Danny. What's up? And then we got Big G. What's up? And this week, we have the return of the fabulous guest, Jay, at, at Drip MTG Drip on Twitter. What up? Welcome. Welcome back. It's always great to have you on, Jay. I'm so excited. Like, when you send yes, me that message that you wanted on, and I'm like, yes, please. We get excited for having guests on. Matt gets a little too excited. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Man, I get giddy as a schoolgirl sometimes. What can I say? But we have an episode for y'all. There's a lot of awesome news. We got Jay on here for a reason, which we'll cover as soon as we get to the breakdown of this episode. But before we get to the breakdown, we got to do some of the typical podcast business that all podcasts have to do. And we got to thank a lot of people. First off, let's thank you. You who are taking your time out of your busy day or incorporating us into your busy day to listen to all the shenaniganery that we do here at This Week at MTG. Big thank you, big props, and just returning or just newly finding us, thank you. Other thank yous we want to send out to are to our patrons who think that this content is completely worth supporting for some unknown reason to us because we are crazy and go all over the place. And They do it for me. It's all for Danny. They only come here for Danny. Danny's the I'm only telling reason. you. Danny's the only reason why this podcast is Come for anything. the news, stay for the comedy, and you're welcome. <laughs> you got to get that tattooed on you now. No. Right on his forehead. Let's all get, like, no. uh, a This Week in MTG tattoo with a different tagline of ours. Words are hard, okay? You got that. And you got uh, the news and the comedy. Or he's got the fuck blue. Oh, that's good. I have so many catchphrases. It's You're just going to get a whole funny. back tattoo with all of them? No, I won't. <laughs> Maybe put it on a t-shirt, but never on my skin. Back tattoo it is. We'll do it. Ooh, right on the cheek. Ooh. <clears throat> Butt cheeks. And then as soon as he gets it, we just start spanking his butt. Yep. Make it really stick. But, patrons, thank you so much for endorsing this content. Big thank you to Wade97, Chapman, D Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, and Chimera. Thank you, seriously, from the bottom of our hearts to each and every one of you. It is greatly appreciated. And. We're excited that you're along for the ride. If you want to be a crazy motherfucker as well and support us, you can check out our Patreon. We have a couple tiers, a $3 tier and $10 tier. You can put in for drawing monthly drawings for booster packs at the $3 tier. Next month is going to be uh, Streets of New Capenna set boosters. And we're going to be giving away uh, two of those to all of our listener, uh, to one, two of our lucky listeners, patrons. Yeah, we're not giving them to everyone. Yeah. At some point, maybe. At some point. We'll see what happens. But uh, at the $10 tier, you get put in for a commander card that's valued between like 15 and 20 bucks. 
You guys get to decide on that. And there's a secret live stream drawing that happens typically the first Saturday of the month. And this one is going to be this Saturday, the 4th, sometime in the evening. Make it better for, for all of us here. We'll see if uh, Danny and Big G are available. We'll see. We'll see. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out our Patreon. Uh, but you can also support us by purchasing some playmats from us. We have some pretty dope playmats for sale. If you want any of those, just hit us up on any of the social medias and be like, yo, we want a playmat. And we'll be like, we'll send you a playmat. They're 20 bucks. We'll send them anywhere. We've sent them to Germany, Canada, California. We don't care where you are. We want you to have these playmats. And speaking of playmats, J-Dubs, our sponsor, has our playmats for sale as well. If you're in the FM area, go check them out. Be like, I want a This Weekend MTG playmat. And they'll be like, gotcha. And you exchange the money. You get the cool-ass playmats. And then everybody's a happy Magic player. Speaking of J-Dubs, let's hear an ad from them now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, let's go to the breakdown where we're going to lay out how this episode is going to go for all y'all. As always, we're starting off the episode with the Boggle Desk, where we're going to go over to Big G, and he's going to tell us about some trio events. And there's definitely going to be a very interesting salt report in there. I'm guessing how this turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Probably talk uh, about a Pioneer Challenge, and then going to go to upcoming events of Command Fest Richmond. From there, we're going to get to the reason why Jay is here. Jay is going to take over the podcast and talk about the do's and don'ts of returning to REL Comp events. Or Comp REL events. I said that backwards. I apologize for all the people now shouting at their headphones, because I fucked up like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. And we're going to be taking questions from there. So if you're in the chat live or we'll double check Twitter and stuff here when we get to that point and Jay will be answering your questions. From there, Danny's going to give us a blog talk After blog talks, we're going to talk about some arena updates, alchemy inclusions, WPN site, uh, Beetle and Grim, Baldur's Gate. And then we're going to close out with the Conjured Currency section. And then you all can go home as per usual for our podcast all right oh got a new follower sick (laughs) yeah we are we are so not used to that sound effect that we're like what the fuck was that catches us all off soon hopefully it'll be a daily occurrence thank you jay you're welcome buddy greatly appreciated (laughs) all right we'll take whatever we can get all right here we go some event results because the only event we talked about last week as far as upcoming events were the J-Dub Trios, the Salt Report, the Sugar Report, and the event results are kind of all going to go together. 
Um, so this last Saturday we had a J Dubs Trios event at J Dubs here in town. Um, there were nine teams that showed up, which my I got to be one of those teams, or at least on one of those teams, playing some modern. Very exciting. Yep. So I did a little I did a little spice to my usual elf build, and I put some red in. You want to tell them what for? I do. Uh, so nothing in the main board. It was all sideboard trickery. You I... didn't even say this part when you said when you said red. Here I was expecting it straight up to be in the main board. Nope. It's uh, I only put the red sources in for the sideboard trickery, and that was all because I felt like I was going to see a lot of Cascade and a lot of Tron, uh, which mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I threw in some sideboard tech of the Blood Moon and Magus of the Moon variety. Nice. All in an elf ball deck here. All in an elf ball deck, and it was really fun. Uh, so the salt part of the report is round one, uh, I was going up against Mono Green Tron, and first round, he like I was, if it would have got to me next turn, he would have been dead, but it's the inevitable one turn away from victory, mm-hmm. and I get aidsed. Yep. So uh, he ended up taking round one, but round two, I just boot scoot and boogied off, and... He was struggle busting hard with his lands. I imagine. So, did you have uh, three blood moons and three magus, or like how was the split set up? Oh, I, I just did a two and two. Okay. Um, because while I was play testing on Friday night about it, um, like we we're sitting, my friends and I were sitting and talking. We were all play testing each other's decks to kind of help out, kind of figure out what we wanted to do. If we had any things, we we're kind of like, Meh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy Anthony, who was playing our legacy part of the team, brought up a good point that, you know, I run Coco's in the deck, so Magus the Moon can get hit by Coco, so originally it was going to be a 3-1 split, where 3 was the Blood Moon, 1 Magus of the Moon. Okay. So then with that thought in hand, I put 2 and 2 in, just to kind of go, all right, let's see what works. And it ended up working really nice, it got my confidence really high (laughs) during round 1, um... So round one, game two, um, di- had the Blood Moon and everything in hand, but didn't want to reveal it because I, I had him on the ropes. So it's like, I'm just going to beat the crap out of you and hope that you don't sideboard in anything against me. Right. Because for all I knew, he thought, oh, he put in Bloodbraid Elf. Yeah, for, so, for having read in an elf deck, yeah. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Um, and then we got to game three in there, and it was, unfortunately for him, like he had a very well built deck, it's just it wasn't cooperating with him. Sounds um, like my decks. So he ended up getting two of the same Tron lands, and then he got one of the other ones he needed. Had couldn't find the third. Threw down the expedition map, and then I luckily I had enough time to like slow play myself because I had the Blood Moon in hand again. I had the fetch in hand to get the red source. So that way I could play it right away. Mm-hmm. I had enough green sources right away, all that jazz. And it was, you know, I got to build up my land base how I needed it versus just going, I need to get the Blood Moon out. Yep. Yep. Got the Blood Moon out and he looked at me. He's like, shit. I was like, yeah. Shut Strawn down. And he goes, well, we're going to keep going. Let's see what we got. <laughs> um, ended up getting a pretty sick cocoa. Uh, ended up getting an Elvish Warmaster and what was my second one I pulled out? I think an Arch Druid. So I ended up pulling an extra elf, got a Lord, all that jazz, and he got to his next turn. He's like, yeah, shit, I got nothing. And I had a Court of Calling in my hand. So nice. it's like a, 
you know, I kind of had it on lock no matter what because I would have corticalling a shaman of the pack and then swung the next turn. So it was really nice. But then the salt, po- <laughs> the salt part of the report is after round one, I got to play against, um, I got to play against Burn, <laughs> which doesn't really run any non basics. Nope. So, I mean, the sideboard tech didn't matter too much, um, but he got rid of any and all ma- extra mana sources I had. So it's like, well, shit, you know, I have to run my deck the way I would run it. Counter burn. So yeah. did that, ended up playing a living end deck, and then I played one more. I can't, this is the only one I couldn't remember. Um, but oh, all the rest of the rounds, the modern player on our team just sucked it up. And I was the modern player, but <laughs> so I, I sucked it up hard. My green boys couldn't go fast or at least fast enough. But the the fun part is it was kind of a cool cheeky thing that I got to do. So I was playing up against the unliving, um, the unliving deck and, and living end. Yeah. Living end. Sorry. Okay. Um, and you know, he got the living end and then I was like, well, in response, I'm going to play my endurance. And he goes, well, fuck you. No, you can put it on top of your deck. And I go, ha-ha, Coco, and I still get to do it. <laughs> and I even I even acknowledged it was uh, Trevor, that, not, uh, Trevor Warren. That actually was one of the people that won um, getting into the results portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, his team ended up winning the whole thing, which is awesome for them. You know, he we even acknowledged, looked at each other. We're like, well... If I wouldn't have kept drawing lands after that, maybe there was a chance I would have gotten game two and it would have been a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But just didn't work out, and he ended up dick-stomping me later. So it just prolonged my death, but it was really cool for me to go, ha-ha, fuck you. I got this over you. I was like, ha-ha, and he goes, ha-ha, and sublimed it to the top of my deck. I was like, ha-ha, Coco, and I get it. And I even I even showed him what my sideboard tech is, and he's like, "Oh fuck, Blood Moon would have fucked me up, man." And I go, "Yeah, well, I couldn't have gotten it out with the cocoa. I had the Magus of the Moon, but it would have gone away right away. So, man." But and he even's like, "Well, if it would have been in there, I would have maybe not um, living it ended again." And I was like, "Well, you didn't. You just ended up getting creatures out in time." He's like, "Yeah, valid point." So it was one of those things. Um, my buddy Ben was playing our Pioneer Leg. And he was doing Niv to Light, and he ended up doing really good. Uh, three to one with an asterisk next to it because round four, we didn't play the full full round out. But he was playing a control deck. So, But he found out that going up against Mono Blue Spirits was not a good matchup for his deck. Mono Blue no, Spirits have been pushing some good results. Yep, and I think, and I was talking with him, like, well, I have all this stuff, and I think that was going to be my first Pioneer deck I get together for back in real life play so and then anthony our legacy player was playing eight cast so he was getting blastoise out and trying his best but uh him and i have the same results three and one which is unfortunate but we had a lot of fun we we sat and talked about it a little bit in j-dubs we're like we all had fun and my takeaway was from it is i had fun i just wish my games would have gone a little bit longer so because i was the first one done every time oh because, I mean, I'm playing the aggro deck, and I was going up against aggro-style decks, and it's like, well, shit. But, yeah, there's that. All right, but then jumping into a Pioneer Challenge, which, Jay, you know, chime in anytime you want on this one, bud. All right, so 
The meta game summary that we've got here for you is the top of the rung is the Rakdos mid-range decks, uh, 28% of the meta and nine of the decks. Other archetypes were eight decks, 25%. Is it control? 12.5, and that was four decks. And then Naya Winota uh, had 6.25, and it was only two of the decks. And then the top four decks we've got here for you, or at least the top four listed because this is a challenge. Is it control at number one? Is it control at number two? Naya Midrange, which is the Winota. If I looked at it correctly, yes. Yes. And then the Hidden Strings deck, which is a deck I have never heard it's of. It's Lotus Field. Okay, there we go. And yeah, Hidden Strings. Yeah, that makes more sense. Cool. All right, and then let's go into the top played cards. Number one is Fable of the Mirror Breaker, 52 copies, 41% of the decks. Consider 44 copies, 34% of the decks. Expressive Iteration, 44 copies, 34% of the decks. And Fatal Push, again, 44 copies, 34% of the decks. Top played Creatures, Bone Crusher Giant, 38 copies, 31% of the decks. Blood Tie of Har- Harvester, 32 per- or 32 copies, 25% of the decks. Graveyard Trespasser, 31 copies, 25% of the decks. And Ledger Shredder, 27 copies, 22% of the decks. And the top four spells, we've already listed them. It is the Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Consider, Expressive Iteration, and Fatal Push again. So... Very similar. It's looking like uh, my looking like Pioneer is a little bit more spell focused rather than creature focused right now. So, so so Jay, I've noticed the this this rise of this Boros mid range deck that just has Luminarch Aspirants and um, Bonecrusher Giants with Fable of the Mirror Breakers. Is this just kind of like specifically trying to attack a certain part of the Pioneer meta? <laughs> Because I think it's uh, the uh, the Sunscourge Champion. Like that's a card that you just don't see getting played a lot. It's the uh, the Eternalized Four One, and you gain life equal to its power and stuff. So it's just wh- wh- where did this deck kind of like pop up out from? Because this is the first time that I've seen this this style of list here. Um, so it's not really the first time that I've seen this type of list before. Um, basically, what they did, they took the thought of the the Rakdos. Uh, the black, the black red mid range deck. They swapped out the black for white. You do upgrade a lot when you get the Wandering Emperor, March of Otherworldly Lights in this kind of a deck. So I mean, uh, yes and no. So well, yes, Wandering Emperor is a very, very powerful card. Possibly the best four mana Planeswalker we've had in a very long time. I think the I think the black is better. So when when, when it comes to like the the black inclusions here, you get things like the the Graveyard Trespasser Thoughtseize. and uh, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like those are two very good examples of like what can like shift the deck. Like yes, Luminarch Aspirant is a solid card. Wandering Emperor is a solid gar- card. But like compared to Athatsis and uh, Graveyard Trespasser, like what what do they do? So like in terms of like like the reason why I would choose the black over the white, like Graveyard Trespasser is like straight main card. Like Graveyard Hate main is main deck Graveyard Hate, and it gives you. It gives you like a um it gives you like an out towards uh matchups that you would usually like I wouldn't say auto lose to per se, but it'll be a um how can I put this? It'll be a better um you wouldn't necessarily auto lose to, you'll just have better you'll just have a better time going through the matches. And also another reason to have the black is probably better is Dreadbore. 
I know my buddy uh, Ben was playing that quite a bit in his Niv Delight deck. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that it definitely saved his ass a few times. So Cards a house. Card, cards deal with me. That card literally deals with anything that's problematic. Insert it's big like, oh. creature, insert wandering emperor, gone. Yes. So so it was mentioned here, uh, spirits as, as a deck. That's been showing up a little bit more here. On the mono blue spirits, uh, when Ben was playing up against it, it just, like, he had the answers in his hand, and the guy that he was running up against was, this one's the little bit of a Bant flavoring for the Cocoa and the Skyclave and the Spellqueller. This guy mm-hmm. was just running straight mono blue uh, because he was doing the um, chart of course, and then he was doing the uh, plus one, plus one, whenever you deal damage, enchantment, draw a card. If you don't attack with this one, it goes away. Um, Curious obsession. Yes, there we go. And Ben even acknowledged, he's like, there was that deck was just, it was too fast, and there's nothing I could have done. You know, he even acknowledged, he's like, I did a misplay and that maybe would have done something, but he, he's like, I don't know if it would have won me. It would have maybe just prolonged it a little bit. So, but yeah, Mono Blue Spirits was, you know, doing some face, at least, you know, at the J-Dubs event, so. I'm a fan of that deck. Well, now look at But I also hate it. <laughs> fan of it and then hate playing against it. Yep. Yeah, I, I get that a lot, like. The Living End deck, I like the idea behind it in the modern scene, but I hated playing against it because there wasn't too much I could do. Oh, Crashing Footfalls. That was the other deck I played against. There we go. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. my Minor interruption, but... It's all good. We got there. <laughs> I got the four decks I played against. I do, I do like Spirits because it's, it's, it's a good, solid deck that can, like, it's the embodiment of like what mid range can do. It can hit hard, but it can also start to go for the late game here. And it's definitely a deck on the cheaper end of things, and a deck that I know I personally have like I don't know probably eighty percent of these cards. Well, I was when I was talking with the guys after, I was like, this is one I'm gonna do, and it's it was strictly because I wanted to do it in modern. I've got all the pieces already set aside, so all I got to do is throw it in sleeves, and it's done crazy thing is you could ch- just choose your flavor and stuff like if you do go yeah. for the mono blue it's like you got the curious obsession route that you go but if you do bands you're just kind of like strictly sticking to to, to coco and lords yep which i mean either way would be a lot of fun and i could probably do the curious obsession in there as well but it'd be it depends one of, on how much you, you're okay yeah. with like getting a miss on a coco there then i guess but well and it could for me honestly like with that that list that you're looking at right now the only spell is Coco. The only other one I'd add in is the Curious Obsession. So, this is the thirteenth uh, place in the challenge. Twelfth yep. place. Twelfth place in the challenge here. So, but yeah. Well, why don't we jump into an upcoming event real quick, and then we can get to Jay's do and do nots of returning to paper play. So, Command Fest Richmond is coming up. So, SCG is back with Commander Fest, and I'm strictly going to be focusing on the stuff for the three day pass events. Um, they do have events that you can do just the Friday, just the Saturday, just the Sunday. Um, but this is the uh, just the three-day inclusion stuff. So a three-day pass is $139.99 plus the tax. And just in case you didn't get it figured out based off the name, this is a commander format event. And there are up to 99 players that can enter. And as of right now, recording there are 395 players signed up for the three-day pass. And 
With that, you get access to Command Fest all weekend long. You get a commemorative badge and lanyard. You get a promo non-foil uh, Path of Ancestors 3, but you also get the foil version of it. It looks so good. Yes, it does. I like, the, I, like the, <laughs> I like the staircase up. The stairway to heaven, if you will. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> Way to get them off topic. I know. Uh, promo Soul Ring, the foil version. You get a Soul Ring deck box. You get the Path of Ancestry playmat. You get four vouchers for free entry to four-player on-demand commander pods. This is a $40 value. And then one voucher for free entry into Commander Legends Battle for Boulder's Gates pre-release, which is a $30 value. And then you get a set of seven Commander personal personality tokens. Did they show who those were going to be? Is it just like they did not CFB, the, the, the typical CFB tokens? Of? I think it's going to be the typical ones. Um, and I pulled it right off of MTG Melee as far as the all that stuff. And there are going to be prizes that go out. Um, they didn't list what those would be. It was just they'll pay them out after the event. So, okay, yeah. So there's that for you. But you know that is a wonderful segue, Jay. If we've got people that are heading to Command Fest Richmond. What are some of your do's and do nots of returning to in-person play? Oh, um. Did I catch you off guard there? Slightly. Sorry about that. Uh, so I was just talking about my do's and don'ts in general. Because like, there are a lot of events coming up within the next three months. Yeah, there are. Mainly RCQs. Some of my do's are make sure you, make sure you have a prop. Make sure you always sleeve up your deck in new sleeves. If you're going to be playing a competitive event, uh, do your deck list a day before. I know when it comes to uh, doing deck lists, if you go online, a lot of the deck builder sites out stuff there, they have like a way to export to uh, print off your deck list for submission for these events. And I'll Yes, say- and it is so much easier. Well, and I'll say this too, as far as doing deck lists and stuff too, I know Saturday we had to fill out our deck list and that wasn't something that any of us had thought of. Mm-hmm. So for Anthony and I, and then Ben even, um, we all had them on a deck building site. Yep. So we could copy them, um, but Ben sat there and he's like, fuck this goddamn Singleton Pioneer deck because it was mostly mostly Singleton, just, you know, one-ofs and everything. But it was a lot easier for me to just sit here and go copy copy what I had on um, Moxfield mm-hmm. and transferred onto paper yeah i could have just printed it off and it would have been just fine too but even if you have it on there you can pull up your link and it's a, works out really nice too so be a better human being preach it <laughs> always yeah matt that's, that's all it goes with. be kind to one another be kind to your opponent yeah matt <laughs> getting attacked here <laughs> um if you ever have a question don't don't hesitate if you ever a question about the game, game state or anything, or even a card, don't hesitate to call a judge. Calling a judge not is ten times out of ten in your benefit as well as your opponents. I do feel there's a lot. Of, oh, good. Because there's always a moment of learning at that time. I was about to say, I do feel like a lot of like Magic players would be fine with an opponent calling a judge if they're just you know like understanding and stuff. Be like, yeah, I, I, I get it. It sounds confusing for this interaction here. Yes, have a judge come in and stuff. I feel like only the uh, the maybe the, the the scummier people are trying to get like tiny edges and stuff. Will you will be like, oh, you yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, like like if you're gonna be scummy to me, I'm like, if you're gonna be a scummy player to me, I'm like, all right, that's cool. Just don't be salty about it when I two owe you. <laughs> well, and Jay, a perfect example of calling the judge over is um, 
uh, my buddy Anthony, again, playing his 8-rack deck. He pulled out Pithing Needle against the Mono Green deck he was playing against. I believe it was a Mono Green Elf. <laughs> and he had named Heritage Druid as one of his Pithing Needle ones because, you know, even his opponent thought that that worked. But as a point of clarity, they called it a judge over because Pithing Needle says stop the activated ability unless it's a mana ability. So, mm-hmm. you know, where you would think, you know, Lawnmower Elves, it can still tap for mana. Yes, because it is a mana ability. Yep. Whereas Heritage Druid, it says tap three untapped elves, add three green mana. So it's the text is worded not in a way that you would go, yes, that's a mana ability right away. Yep. That is an activated ability. Yep. But it the judge uh, came back because they're like, even we even had people looking it up just going, okay, well, we've got people. Some sources saying this way, some sources saying this way. And mm-hmm. the, the judge came back saying, you know, that is a mana ability, so it does work. But um, Anthony ended up winning that match anyway, but it was a good learning point. I mean, for me, being an elf player, too, that was really nice to know. Okay, cool. That's weird. Yeah, and it is. That is a very weird interaction. And I think just based off of how the wording is, it's not always the clearest on some cards. So, yes, definitely asking a judge to come over and go, hey, just kind of a point of clarification is this the way this would work it'll either work for you or like you just said it's a learning opportunity for both players so that's a really cool yes. thing too yes um drink water stay hydrated always need water bring snacks i like I, I, when i've gone to my events i've i've brought granola bars they're good small compact and they they surprisingly fill you up yes yes they do yes they do I know when I was going to plan on going to a bigger event, that was the biggest advice I got was have a water bottle with me that I can always refill and have protein bars in my bag. So yes, haven't gone to one and the events I've gone to luckily have been smaller shops. So I can just go, <laughs> I'm going to go to the food court real quick, or I'm mm-hmm. going to go to the vending machine or whatever. So yes, make, make friends. There's a reason why they call it magic the gathering. Never. We we all have a common a common interest uh, of of playing magic. Even even though like most like ninety five point five percent of magic players are introverted, make friends. Well, and it's even funny to like again just this weekend, Matt. I think you and I became friends off of this. Do you know we just sat and played each other and we just shit talked each other in a fun way, not a being a dick way. Yeah, I was just enjoying the game and stuff. And you know, here we are now co-hosting a podcast with oh yeah with danny too i suppose it's all right i'll sit in my corner i'm fine well danny i don't think you ever came to the events that jb and matt did that i ended up being at it like paradox or j-dubs and then it was just a i think more so you and i would end up playing at wades Mm -hmm. and we'd play commander together so yep it's the same thing like that's that's the thing though. I never really played standard, lazy, or modern. Like I got into modern for a little bit, but yeah. never had time to do it. So, but it, it's surprising the friends you will make and how long those friendships will last. Like, heck, you know, our kids might end up hanging out. I would assume they will, based off of how much time we spend together. Our kids are gonna hate each other. No, I think our kids are gonna hate dads. Like, yeah. oh, jeez, Dad, they're going to inhabit our wives' personalities when it comes to this. Please, no. <laughs> My wife is an extreme introvert. Just their reactions towards us. Oh, it's Monday. Dad's got to go to the podcast. Speaking of that, my wife 
my wife completely forgot it was Monday and that I do podcasts on Monday. She's like, you're giving our daughter a bath. It's like, you know I'm leaving in like five minutes, right? She's like, what? Yeah, it's Monday. Podcast. She looked at me like, oh. Well, speaking of that fuck. too, like I had Ben and Anthony over Friday night and like we had, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a teacher. So last week was our last week or last day. It was on Thursday. Yep. So a lot of teachers generally go out and kind of do some form of a celebration. Celebration. Oh, yeah. We get drunk off our ass. <laughs> and we still, generally speaking, too, we have to show up on Friday and, like, clean up our rooms, make sure grades are all done. So, like, some we joke around. <laughs> some of, like, the 20-something-year-old teachers end up showing up with, like, sunglasses on, and they are just looking worse for wear, where some of us that are more experienced and In know. The alcohol know how to Adventures. do a recovery and make sure we know how to function the next day walking in with our coffee going heck yeah let's go <laughs> i already had most of my stuff done so i'm okay showing up an hour late i sat there i think it was thursday before we or wednesday before we had gone to anything she's like wait a minute you're gonna have ben and anthony over don't we have to go to this retirement party for one of these teachers and then go to the end of the year parties for both of our schools like yeah babe that's on thursday well aren't you saying they're coming on thursday no babe friday wait a minute it's not friday we're not all that thing all that stuff isn't on friday no that stuff's on thursday and then the boys are coming over friday oh fuck (laughs) so yeah misplacing the days is a real thing Yep, happens to the best of us all right jay again sorry to cut you off bringing snacks was the last one or no, making friendships was the last one. There we go. Yeah, making we friendships is the last one. We don't do those um, things. Bring pen, bring pen and paper. Very much bring so. Bring dice. For all those bring phone tokens. numbers. Get so many cool tokens that you could bring. Yeah, bring tokens. Yeah, if your deck makes uh, pest tokens, bring those pest tokens. Don't have dice. Or yeah, bring tokens, please. Or heck, even just like for me, like I have my token box, which is most of the tokens I would use. Some other people end up using them, but I have, like, my Pickle Rick tokens that can be put as placeholders for things, too. So, I mean, going off of Jay's Be a Kind Human, oh, the person I'm playing forgot his tokens. Here, use these, so that way I at least know what's going on. Yeah. I do find uh, tokens are a little better representation of, like, uh, indicating if it's a a creature, a treasure, a blood token, whatever, than just, like, this dice is this, because, you know, at least there's... A little bit more of a face that you can see with it yep. than just like yes, a pick yes, on a yes. die. Tokens are important and they're cool. They are very cool. And there's at big events, there's always going to be some artist that has a wide array of tokens there. Um, Usually, oh, is RK Post. RK Post. Yep. He's at like almost everyone. He is like magic artist incarnate. He's just like uh, a, a fixture of of traveling around, being like. Yeah. He, is a, he is a fixture of you, of your local TCG convention. Jay, uh, on the topic of tokens, what is the, like, if you've gone to a bigger event, what is the coolest token you have picked up? Oh, uh, that's a good question, because I don't usually pick up many tokens. They gotta um, be fire tokens for Jay to pick them up right? with his MTG drip going on. I'm very exce- I'm, I'm very curious about this now. Usually, so usually it's like like a pick up like small tokens, like a human or an angel token or something like that. Lately, I've been picking up like tokens in like foreign languages. Okay. So like recently, I picked up a uh, a 
That's a fairy hero dominary emblem in Japanese. Ooh, that's clean. That's good. I picked up the samurai tokens for uh, the wandering Emperor in Japanese. Definitely in foil. Oh, in fo- they had those in foil. Was that yes? Uh, they come in the collector boosters, right? The foil ones. They do? they do they do come in foil. Okay. What else did I pick up? Do you I go? Think that was a, do you go out and like what, pick up uh, artists' tokens? Like they're altered. Sometimes I do. Like, like if I have like nothing to do, like in between the rounds, or like, or like if I just so happen to scrub out, then it's like, all right, um, I'll go, I'll go pick up stuff, and usually I'll hit the artist booth and see what tokens they got. Well, while you were talking, I was whipping up. Um, so I, like I had mentioned, I have yet to be to a bigger event. So when I have people go, they mm-hmm. ask me, you know, what do you want? And so. Ken Meyer Jr. is one of my favorite ones. He does, like, pop culture ones. And so mm-hmm. I'll send you a picture of these, and I'll just take a picture so Matt can post them up. But, like, my clue token is the dude from the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Energy token is the red power, mighty Morphin Power Ranger. Fucking right. That's dope. Um, my construct token is Iron Man. They look really good. And okay. the one that I honestly, like, for me, I love the most is the the Black Knight from Monty Python ally token. And he's got his arms and legs all got off. You know, tis but a flesh wound. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty well, sure anyone under the age of 18 won't get that reference. You know what? I'll make them watch the dang movie. It's such a good movie. It's on Netflix. It is. Um, it is on Netflix. Who watches Netflix nowadays? They're, they're going <laughs> down a, in popularity. That is, that is true. Hard. People are losing their passwords. <laughs> Yep. Um, but then, like, I had brought up, I have Pickle Rick ones from Inked In. Um, so mm-hmm. those are fun. They're blank ones, so they can be used for whatever. But um, this last one that I had friends go to, and it is an RK post. He does good ones. Yep. I had made the the Coma Serpent deck for a commander, so they picked me up Gyarados Serpent tokens. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're just, it's badass. So, like, the artist ones are definitely ones to go check out. I got I got an RK post Eldrazi, and it's not like spelled Eldrazi. It's like L dot Drazi is how it is, and it's with it, with RK posts twist on the art. There, it looks really good. Yeah, get your tokens, folks. Yep, Jay. Yes. I apologize. We keep side tangenting in, in the middle of yours, and it wasn't even my fault. It was all Danny's fault. He didn't Fuck stop you us. Guys, I don't know. I think we gotta. I think we gotta like point the real finger here at Big G. I'm sorry, Jay's talking things, and I just got done playing an event, so... <laughs> Both are just fangirling. Yes. How are you not at this point? MTG Drip is here with us. I'm I'm letting him get through his stuff. <laughs> I'm being considerate. Considerate. I think, I think I hear through our headphones <clears throat> Jay blushing right now. I'm just laughing. Okay. <laughs> but, th- but thank you very much. Some of the... Some of the don'ts of... Uh, of comp Ariel is don't don't be don't be a scummy player, you know. Yes. Don't don't be a cheater. Don't show up with terrible sleeves. Oh, what else are some of the don'ts? Um, don't show up late. Timeliness is important. Yeah, timeliness is very important. Um, I, I think the typical is it is it ten minutes if you're it's five and ten. It's actually sorry, it's zero and ten. Zero and ten. Okay. Yep, zero ten. And then you get uh, then you get a loss. Yep. So be timely. Yes. Oh, here's an interesting one. Because RCQs are coming up, here's some of the, here's a here's a don't that's pretty interesting. 
always make sure to check out the store before you go. Because it's kind of so like these RCQs, I kind of view them like PPTQ season. Remember how PPTQ season went when everyone and their mother was hosting a store? Yes. And some of the some of the stores that you went to, you're like, is this really a PPTQ? And there's like barely a judge or anything, and the prize isn't the greatest. There's a there's a podcast I was listening to called um, Scrimy a River. They're no longer called Scrimy a River anymore, but it had Riley Knight and Dennis Strandiak of Channel Fireball. They had a segment mm-hmm. on there that was called. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It was something about like uh, LGS horror stories, and people would come in talking about uh, LGS horror stories like this, where they were going, they spent you know like an hour drive to go to this smaller uh, someone that listeners would submit their stories of going to LGSs, and uh, there are some people that write in talking about PTQs that they would be going up to, uh, PPTQs they'd be going up to that anybody could sign up for, and it's just like run down janky little place and they had like the most sketch prize support ever where there was one where they were talking about yeah if you open up a rare that's like collateral for your game or bullshit like that so yep shit like that happens shit like that has happened yep it's fucking crazy to think it's really crazy to think if the prize doesn't scale out don't go look look at what the, the the lgs is how long it's been around and it's like is this sketch or not? Yeah, that too. Did, call and ask. Do they have a judge on hand? It's crazy. If the if, if the prize isn't guaranteed, I wouldn't say not go, but I would heavily consider. I would heavily consider not going. Yeah, I feel that's a good incentive to be like, because it's not supporting someone that's probably just kind of like doing some shady shit that they shouldn't be doing. Like if you go there just to. Like, uh, just because it seems like it could be something, like, you're still supporting it, it could incentivize them to continue to do it, and then, like, other people can, like, get shafted and stuff by that. Yeah. Don't, don't shaft players. My last, um, my last don't. If you are, if you are going to, if you're going to borrow cards, don't steal them. Just return them to people. Right makes you a scummy person if you try and do that man yeah don't don't or don't sell people's cards either the the fact that people are nice enough to let you borrow a card just to play in playing in an event is really nice or, don't break or that. an entire deck for that matter that too don't break that trust with that person yeah don't don't do that because they're like really badass for doing that we got a we got a player in our local meta that likes to borrow decks and he's really good with it mm-hmm. <laughs> i see uh, i see big g's face there Turner a little bit. Uh, one of no the, comment. He's he's a younger guy. He doesn't have a huge card selection, so he likes to borrow decks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's good about it. Uh, in he, my experiences, he's stuff. courteous on returning them. But the, the hard part for me is like borrowing cards is one thing. Borrowing a whole deck is a different thing. And yeah, but yeah, for me, like for me especially, like borrowing a whole deck, I'm like, I'm I'm just about giving you like a, almost like a thousand dollars. Yeah, and that's a that's a lot to be thinking of the person yes. that you're giving it to or the person that's allowing you to have it. So it's like, be really courteous when shit yes. like that happens. Shuffle. Make sure you're shuffling your opponent's deck correctly too. Oh. If you're not sure, if you're not sure about how to shuffle, just cut the deck. Into this, this one, I, I've been watching a lot more of the, the, um, uh, or the Pikachu, Pika. 
Oh, Nick Chu? Nick Chu, there Nick we go. Nick Chu, yeah. All videos on videos. catching the cheaters. Those are good series. Mm-hmm. Don't be a don't be a fucking dick on your on your shuffling for your own deck, for your opponent's deck. Especially yeah. especially if you're a featured match, you're gonna get caught one way or another. So, yep. But yeah, definitely if you don't know how to shuffle, like Jay said, just just cut the deck. Yeah. Also don't ruin also if you don't know how to shuffle. Just, again, cut the deck. The reason why you may end up ruining someone's cards. Not everyone double sleeves their decks. It's very true. I swear to God, I see people fucking do the shuffle and bridge thing. I'm just gonna be a, nope. Just give me, just give me my deck, please. I'll shuffle. Oh, myself. I've just I've told it. multiple people like, please do not bridge my cards. Yeah, that, that's always a, a reasonable thing to ask of your opponent and stuff. Like the typical shuffle is like the Pharaoh shuffle, or if you're gonna do that. Uh, and worse is like you 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 fuck up a, a sleeve and then it's yeah. like uh, the sleeve gets fucked. But it's We're, better than bridging someone's oh deck. Oh my god! Especially like I can't. If I were to see someone in Legacy pop up and do a bridge, I don't care what deck you're playing. <laughs> if it's not mono red burn, you've got value in that deck. What the fuck are you doing? So like, one of my decks is actually like completely Japanese out. And as most people know, like Japanese card stock is different from American card stock. Yes. Um. So. So I literally like someone like tried to bridge my deck, and I looked him up. I was like, "Please do not do that. It won't bend back properly." Oof. That's fucking scary as hell to like see someone that 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 attempts to do that. I don't understand yeah, why. It, I don't understand why people even think of bridging shuffle. Bridge well, shuffling. I mean, I mean, regular cards. I get it. You bridge. You <clears throat> bridge shuffle them. But yeah, at that point too. Playing cards, yeah. Go ahead with your fifty-two card playing deck. That's like but, a buck that you yes. can pick up. But but with shit, you can pick them up even cheaper. But for a deck that's worth anywhere between a hundred to hundred to two thousand dollars, why the fuck are you bridging? Like, do you want someone to bridge your deck? And if you bridge your deck, you shouldn't be playing. Well, honestly, those people that bridge decks are honestly the people that show up without sleeves. Sometimes it seems like too. It's like. Oh, hey, how's it going? What the fuck are you doing? Don't. I need to call, you know, CPS Card Protective Services. <laughs> right? Can I call a judge on your shuffling, please? CPS Card Protective Service. <laughs> what have you done to them? And you just cradled it. Heck, he won't hurt you anymore. My favorite thing to do was, uh, when we were playing with JB a lot, is... I- I did it only to my cards, but it was funny to see JB's reaction when I would bridge shuffle my cards. I never did it to his, but it was only mine. He would look at me and be like, you're a monster. You know what you're doing to your cards? I'm like, does it make you squirm, JB? Like at, the at that point, too, people. Jay, maybe what you need to do on like your foil or your uh, completely Japanese out deck is make custom sleeves that say, don't bridge shuffle my deck. Oh no, I don't feel like doing that. That takes too much time. <laughs> that means I have to, that means I have to spend money on spend money on custom sleeves, and custom sleeves are shit. Valid point. That's true. Want to go unless with... you get them from Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield sleeves are solid. I do like Dragon Shield sleeves. We've been talking about getting some this weekend MTG sleeves at some point. Oh, there's a last don't I want to talk about. Give it but to it's us. a pretty interesting one. Don't listen to us for any advice, or at least don't listen to Matt. Parasocial relationships. Ooh, go into that. What do you mean by that? So, like, if you, like, say, for example, like, if you've been, like, talking to someone who's, like, 
in the community and they're like Twitter famous or whatever the case may be. And and like it's your like first time seeing them. Boundaries are set for a reason. Don't become that stalker creeper, dude. Yes. Yes. And it's a like approach with caution, but also rely also realize that they do have boundaries, they do have a life and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Cause like for example, like um I had one person, um I had one follower who actually who actually saw me who actually saw me at SCGCon last year, but they said um they didn't want to come up to me because they only like spoke to me like via internet and things of that nature, and they were un like uncomfortable with the situation. And I was like, I was like, I understand where you're coming from. And I told them, if you see me next time, just come up and say hi. Well, and then talking on that too, like, have you guys heard like the professor's example of that too? While he was still teaching at a college, people <laughs> came down to him with their with their cube, and like they had, I think they had like. Not ill intentions, but it was the fact that the lengths they went through to find him, mm-hmm. it, was, it was that borderline creepy. Like they hunted down stalker. websites and stalker type, yeah, vibes going off of it. And they showed yeah, up to wild. they showed up to one of his classes, and at, they were respectful enough to wait until the class was done, mm-hmm. at least. But then they came up, hey, uh, we're really big fans of you. Can you can you rate our our legacy cube? He's like, whoa, guys, this is where I work. Yo. Yeah, so I mean, I think, Jay, you're talking, you know, at least at the convention itself, where this is a very extreme example of that, but it's... The that, same. too. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't don't stalk people. <laughs> you definitely... Don't, don't be a creeper. Don't be TMZ. Exactly. I, I feel like a good, uh, a good rule of thumb for that is just, you know, like... Everyone's a human being that has their own, like Jay was saying, their own boundaries. Like, just think of you if you were in their position, how would you want to be addressed in that in, in, in a situation like that? You want it to be at your at your work in a very obnoxious kind of like come up to you, like hands on in your face, like no, nah, you just take a step back. Remember that everyone is still a person, whether it be. Uh, uh, a very good follow on Twitter yep. or just some Joe Blow. You just give like them their us. space. Treat them, treat them normal. Like, that you would. Don't be... I, I treat them like you treat your mother or your grandmother, I Ooh. should say. Grandmother's better yeah. than your mother. That's good. That's good, Danny. I, that, I'm, I'm here for the side, the side info, whatever comments, whatever you want to call it. The side tangents? I would... I'm not here for the side tangents. That's all been you guys. I would never Today, berate yeah. my grandma. That <clears throat> is for sure. So, yeah, that's that's usually the one person you'd never degrade. So always treat everyone that you follow, either on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere's, treat them like your grandma. Give them space. Insert the golden rule here. You like like Jay said, come up and say hi, and then leave. Have a conversation. But don't follow them. Don't be a shadow. Don't be creeper. Yeah, because Jay, hypothetically, yeah. that that follower that you know expressed their concern about coming up to you, if they would have came up to you and said hi, would you? I'm guessing you might have had like a little bit of a conversation, kind of a hey, thanks for being a follower, thanks for coming saying hi type of thing. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind at all. But then again, also like some people are actually different. Mm-hmm. 
very much. So. And this is um, this is actually like my first time actually like having this type of having more than more people know me than usual. Yeah, the little bit of more of a fame shock. Yeah. Rather than, oh, hey, I know you from the LGS. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, this per- I've never met this person, but this person's following me for years now. That the LGS the, L- the LGS thing I'm I'm used to. It's like, hey, I've seen you at our LGS for. Yep. Okay, cool. That that I'm used to. What I'm not used to is, hey, I follow you. Uh, what? Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sweet, thank you. Context, please. How do you follow me? <laughs> <laughs> it was or like or like. Hey, you know, I I follow your page on Twitter. All right, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I don't. Know, it seems like a lot of. Uh, I guess I'm just thinking like Thalia Thalia Vess, for example, who's huge on t- Twitter, uh, Twitch, Twitter, yep. all formats. Yeah, the big um, MTG mm-hmm. content creator. Yep, she had. She had a booth. Was it the Las Vegas convention last, so, last year for the, the yep, Command Fest one? Yeah, yeah I think it was Command Fest one that she had a booth, like an actual booth. Like once once you get to her level, it, it makes sense to have a booth. Like all your people can come see you there. Yeah. And it's controlled rather than like what you were saying is like, hey, I'm playing a game and you're just standing hundred feet away from me, watching me, just staring at me, and just. Making me uncomfortable rather than like getting it up front. Really, I don't know. Don't be a creeper. Remember, everyone is a person. Golden rule, grammar rule. Yep. Facts. Jay, we got some questions from followers here that we got to ask you. We're gonna go to the Discord where we have a few questions, and then there's some extra ones that were from last time. That because I'm a horrible person and how everything happened out, we didn't get to around to asking them, but they're still relevant. First up, we'll start with the new ones. We have Amu the Fox asking, what is your favorite fox in Magic? Zerda. Zerda. Good choice. I love that fox. We got Bera asking, favorite color to play in Magic and favorite creature type? Oh, my favorite color to play in Magic? Either blue or black. Bless Jay. I knew I loved you for a reason. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. Uh, my favorite creature type? Either human or dragon. Very nice. I love dragons. Are you? Are, are, so I know you don't play commander much, but uh, with some of the commander legend stuff that's been coming out, have you been keeping an eye at least on some of the dragons and the dragon synergies that's been coming? Yeah, especially for pioneer because pioneer cards are kind of starting to get expensive again. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Okay, so we got another question from Wade ninety seven. That says, will, mm-hmm. will Watsi, th- this one's a little older, but will Watsi address some of the more powerful decks slash cards, Winota, Lotus Field, Delver spells, before or after the upcoming Pro Tour? And this is in context to uh, Pioneer. So that's, uh, will they address more powerful decks cards before or after the Pro Tour? So, I think if they many of the cards in question such as like Wynota, Lotus Field, Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, uh things of that nature. If they want a um more diverse and and also fun to watch Pro Tour, um I think the cards they probably should hit is uh, Wynota, Lotus Field. I can realistically see them hitting Treasure Cruise and in the near future, in the near future, because 
the longer the form, the more those cards stay in the format over time, the, the more powerful those cards grow. Very much so. There's just going to be more cheaper spells that fill your graveyard that'll then just make all those delve spells just exponentially just more powerful. Just like, ah, easier to cast them, get into to a potential closer modern level. So the issue is also like Wynota. Like, Wynota isn't necessarily like, cons- like super consistent in terms of like, as in terms of like turn like three consistent. <laughs> It's just that when it happens, it's a very un, it's a very unfun thing. It gives the shit indestructible. It makes it hard to interact with after that. After they, they um, hit the yes, it reminds me of like twin. It, it reminds me of twin. Yeah, both being extremely hard to interact with, and kind of when it goes off, it's like the 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 end of the match has been determined at this point. Yeah, it's and it's like and it's like nine times out of ten, your opponent is going to hit something. Lotus field, Lotus field is. I think Lotusville is eventually going to go because, like, it's an indestructible land, and you can—it's a—it's a hexproof land. You can't kill it. Yeah, they don't have like good land. They stay away from like land sweepers and and standard premier sets and stuff now. And it's yes. like it's all target land. So <laughs> yeah, like Field of Run, it's a target land. It's not a land sweeper. And, and, and what do you got right now? Is just like you got things like can. Wait, no, Alpine Moon, does that target a land, or does that choose a land? Uh, Alpine Moon says choose a land, and it um basically makes that mana tap for a color. And then you have Dampening Sphere. Dampening Sphere basically says whenever whenever a land taps for more than one color, it taps for colorless instead. And I personally believe that um like if you're pro- if you're playing against Lotus Field, you probably should be playing Dampening Sphere over Alpine Moon. Because it, it also slows down the multiple spells that could get cast. Yes, to... it, it taxes it taxes their mana. Very much so. So you're thinking uh, they should do something before the Pro Tour when it comes. Yes, to they should 100. percent We all know they won't. They'll probably never know. They'll probably wait a few, like one cycle of the Pro Tour, and go. You know what? We're seeing a little bit too much of this. I'm I'm assuming they're gonna w- wait for the first first big like convention. To happen. That's dream hacking. That's dream hacking in Atlanta. And once that goes, but I mean, once that goes through, they'll look at it. They'll wait for the first week of the Pro Tour, and like, okay, we're gonna change this up now. I, I, I really want. I really want them to hit it before um the, the Pro Tour. Easily, they'll have turn because uh, they haven't officially announced a date for the Pro Tour yet. Aside from saying that early twenty twenty three. So between now yes. and then, like I feel there's plenty of time for them to make bands and stuff. Like they already gone out on Explore. I guess maybe this is uh, we talked about this two weeks Explorer ago when they sucks. made the, the Explore ban for Winota. But um, yes. the way that they made it sound, it's like they might bring Winota back because they feel that there will be more responses, at least in at least in a arena, to be able to deal with Winota. So it's like they feel that Pioneer has better responses for Winota. Not really. And stuff that it, 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 so like so like the, uh, the also there's an there's another thought on there's another side of the coin on this um so like say for example if they actually decide to ban Winota they don't have to touch it we got uh, unstable voodoo in the chat saying that they doubt they will hit anything before the pro tour they're on the side that they won't hit anything before the pro tour well that's can... that's, al- that's always been like the banning threshold was well it's being overpowered on the pro tour 
not what's going on at any conventions or that are not pro tour players playing. But at the same time, sometimes the like the bigger conventions, you know, the Command Fest, the ACG cons and stuff like that, they do play a factor because they look at that information as well. They got a lot Where of numbers will, that they're pulling in there. They'll favor the pro tour stuff because obviously that's what more people are going to be watching. But at the same time, it's, you know, they're going to take information from all the bigger resources they can. They're probably not going to go to J-Dubs and go, hey, what happened at this trios event? No. Type of stuff. But, you know, they're going to go to the, you know, SEG cons, the cons of all sorts, and look at that information a little bit because somebody's going to be posting it. Very much so. You get larger numbers. You get to see a more more diverse, a more succinct current metagame snapshot and they can like address from there as compared to like something with like uh pioneer uh, mtgo challenges and stuff where they're pulling in all this data from people that are playing and stuff and a lot of grinders they're playing on moto to help translate into paper uh for these uh rptqs and uh for the pro tour and stuff to like prep up there like they're they're getting their number they they will get their numbers i mean call me not not uh Optim- call me optimistic, but I do feel I feel Watsy is like a little more tuned to want to make sure that this shit hits the mark this time around. I I, I, I still think they're not going to hit the nail on the head. They they're, maybe they won't. Too maybe late. they won't hit it right on. But you know what? They're going to be a lot closer. I think I would. They ban Luris. Yeah, which is big. They a, they banned they banned Luris before people started asking for it to be banned. Yeah. So well, I mean that that was that was them saying, "Hey, we're sorry we didn't play the play test this card before it was printed." Well, that too. And plus, they were being very proactive. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. They they essentially they fixed that whole we didn't play test it thing with the companion change. True. Whereas then Luris really it like. There were some decks that, yeah, definitely it was a vital piece. Yeah. But then at the same time, there were decks that just played it to play it. Yeah. And just looking at the, okay, now we're just going to go for zero to two cost cards Mm -hmm. type of a thing. And it it affected the meta quite a bit because then instead of banning Mistress Bobble or some of these other cards that were happening a lot, like Ragavan for Modern, they decided, hey, Let's look at what decks Regavan or Mistress Bobble are played in the most and see what the you know least common denominator is, and that happened to be Lurus. So instead of going, hey, we're going to get rid of Mistress Bobble and Regavan, we're going to get rid of the one card and allow these other cards to still be viable, maybe in a different capacity, but they're still viable. Well, yeah, that that makes sense, but it's it's just one of those things where you have 40% of the decks being based off of one card but I mean, already that everyone knows it's everyone's going to base it off this one card. So everyone's decks based off this one card or their sideboards are. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like everyone, everyone outside of Watsy already knows this card should be banned. But I mean, here, here's another point for you to think of too. It's something that I ran into because it was um, out of the nine teams, I think, there were at least three modern players that were playing Cascade-style decks, mm-hmm. then why isn't Watsy doing something to address the Cascade stuff? True. 
there's I feel that there's definitely a certain threshold that Watsi has to feel or see is getting crossed. Uh, Tibble's t- trickery. <laughs> I feel that's a could be a good uh, good case study of what the line is in the sand that needs to get crossed. Well, it's, it's like, what was the percentage? Wasn't it like 55% of the decks have to be playing this card consistently before they even look at it? Uh, any decks that have a 60% win rate. Oh, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Uh, on Moto Challenges is what they have gone in the past, uh, at least a- announcing in their banning articles, like this deck has had a... A win rate of like sixty percent, yeah. Or it's mm-hmm. um, God, well, I can't remember the exact number that they said of like in the meta share. Uh, Jay, do you remember that off the top of your head? If they said a certain number of a meta share for a certain card, not off, not offhand. But I do feel that they have, uh, they did, they they have said in the past of 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 meta share. I feel their big one was Inverter of Truth, where they mentioned the meta share. Yeah. How that one in Pioneer uh, was a significant meta share. I can't, I can't, I can't remember the number, but they, they do think, have. They I do think have it was sixty percent. It's because percent for win rate, but I don't know if it was meta share. No, and I think meta share was then. I think it was forty percent. It was that weird where it kind of worked out to be like an equal one hundred percent. Okay. So I think it was like sixty percent of win rate, but then forty percent of the meta share. But those are like the guaranteed yep. lines in the sand. Watsi has. For this, the, 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 these cards. Whereas some of these cards, like we've mentioned, like Lurus being banned, I think it was at a 60-40 yep. with those respective viewpoints too, where, you know what, maybe Lurus style decks were different because you had the Lurus Jund, you had Lurus, you know, yep, yep. Uh, Artificer decks and stuff like that. So yes. it was all just a little bit different, but Lurus was the common denominator of this is affecting the meta in a big way. Yep. Because, and I'm sure Watsy's thinking about it too, is, okay, cool, people are buying, you know, jumping into the secondary market conversation. People Instead of people buying, you know, packs and sealed product and stuff like that or stuff from us, they're waiting until things get open and they're buying all the lower mana value stuff. Um, but, yeah. We got uh, Unstable Voodoo saying, uh, pretty close to us, along the lines of 60% win rate and 30% of a meta share. Okay, there we go. Thank, so, you. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Voodoo. Jay, but, we have another question here for you oh, as well. Sure. Okay. We got no modifier asking along the lines of Explorer. Do you feel the Explorer announcement slash launch was a miss with the absence of any new cards, like uh, getting new cards added into the, injected into the format? Should Watsi have made Pioneer Challenger decks available, including the cards not currently available in Arena, like giving... Uh, like the QR codes for the challenger decks that they just released for Pioneer to be able to put onto Arena. Um, this this one's a bit a little bit more tricky because number one, someone has they have to code all of that, which is a which is a lot of cards. I think I think for 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 the moment that we were in, for the moment that we are in right now. I think Explore is a fine gateway to Pioneer. It was perfectly fine. Okay. Well, there we go. Okay, Jay. Before we move on to the next part, me being a horrible, uh, horrible introducer of of people to the podcast, we didn't get you your we didn't get your spiel at the beginning. Jay, who are you uh, to, to new listeners? Where where can we where can we find you? Who do you, who are you? What do you do online? What all all that all that jazz. I post dope cards. 
I post dope cards, sometimes write articles, sometimes deck lists, and uh, I share my adventures in Magic together. You got articles on uh, playing Pioneer right now, correct? Uh, not at the current moment. You were just, uh, were you just get like getting partnered with him as they were starting to go? How, yes. How, how is that working? Okay, so there, there, there could be stuff coming with you there yes, in the future. Yes. Very exciting. If ev- if everything if everything works out the way it should, then yes, there should be stuff coming soon. Dope. Definitely got to make sure to follow follow Jay over at at MTG Drip on Twitter. Like yes, if, if you if you're always if you're listening to us, you should be following Jay because Jay makes better content than we do. <laughs> and Instagram. And Instagram, you have an Instagram now too, Jay. Yes, I have an Instagram at MTG Drip. Oh, very good. Oh, 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 and also. I am. I am one of the. Uh, I. I have picked this up. Jay also has a dope ass playmat. Oh as yeah. As well, MTG drip. The shit looks so good. It's a beautiful blue. Yeah. The the. Are you talking about it over at Ink Gaming? Yes, over at Ink yes. Gaming. That playmat is solid. I play with it a lot still. Yeah, it, I love that playmat so much. I'll have you know, I played with her this week at MTG playmat the whole weekend. So Aww. you beat it. Wait, did you just say you played with that playmat all weekend? Yeah, I played with our playmat all weekend to kind of, oh, okay. yeah, to kind of prompt conversation and stuff like that. So, and I had cards. I did hand out a few of our QR codes, so maybe we'll get a few new people. Who knows? Oh, yeah, we need to get more of those. We do. But Jamie, buy my playmat. <laughs> yes, it's it's worth it. It's so good. Uh, me as a blue player loves the fact that it's like good blues. You know, one thing I need to start doing, and I've realized this too, especially when, uh, Jay, I don't know at home if you've got your kind of magic set up where you do all your magic stuff. I have a... F- I've, I don't. I have I, a desk. Okay, so my desk downstairs, and maybe one of these times now with our with our uh, no modifier additions, I got that hung up today. Nice. Um, I, I need to kind of figure out a good way to lay out play mats across the way because they... They act as very good. I don't need a mouse pads, but then when I'm storing cards and everything too, mm-hmm. like right now I'm in the middle of <laughs> sorting through mine and Danny's collections as far as the stuff because if we if we done more of the teaser at all for oh yeah, this, this, this week is gonna get uh, there 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 should hopefully be a launch of information this week. Perfect. Good job. So we've get, we've got something in the barrel right now that there's a reason I am very diligent on sorting through our cards mm-hmm. um one so that way you know we can go hey you know what put these ones in this yep. pile put these ones in this pile yep we've got our rationale for rhyme and reason and all that so trying to get all that done has been an interesting thing but right now i've got plethora of cards on my desk and i'm very glad i have play mats but I want to get some kind of. I think I'm gonna get some just plain colored ones too to put on my desk, because I have my ones I prefer playing with. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of the ones that's currently sitting on my desk is my, my, uh, my signed Dan Green, Shaman of the Pack one, and it's luckily it's on the side I don't use as much. So, but it's one of those ones I want to keep in good condition. So. Sounds I, like sounds like my uh, poker planeswalkers playmat that I have. Did you get that ridiculous one off of the um, 
with no, it's not that okay. one. No, I have the one with Karn, Jace, Chandra. This is way before that. Odds, the COVID, Sol Ring, or Sauron, or Pikachu and Liliana and no. Goku. Yeah, yeah. But Jay, kind of what I was getting at there is like you know Matt was talking about how much he plays with yours. Like I've seen your play, Matt. It's definitely one. Get your mind out of the goddamn gutter, <laughs> Danny. This is a wholesome it podcast. It drips. This is a wholesome podcast that is it children really, is listen it, to. Is it really a podcast that children listen to? <laughs> yeah, let's no, be honest. No, we're, we're marked as explicit. <laughs> exactly. Let's be honest here. We, we don't mention that shit. I'll, I, will, I will use the line I use at my bartending job. Stop. Watch the fucking language. This is a goddamn family establishment here. <laughs> we're not. This Gang clearly is not. Oh, but you, your playmat's awesome, so it'd be one of those ones I'd want to show off versus one of those ones I'd just use as a, hey, this makes sure that when I'm using, uh, when I have cards out and stuff, mm-hmm. ones. But yeah, I don't know. I was. I don't way, know where you that were was going. A, that was a wayside tangent that didn't have a purpose, but it was just <laughs> one of those things I wanted to say. Let's lean back into this episode and Ooh. send it over to Danny. Oh my God, we're actually getting onto the podcast <laughs> with the blog. We've talk. been on the podcast this whole time. We just had a special intro and segment with Jay. That was the longest side tangent ever. Best side tangent. Best side. I'm with I'm with Matt on this one. That, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying that was the longest side tangent that we've Get had. To the blogatogs. Give me a second. One, two. You guys good? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. good. Okay. <laughs> we're, it's just that inevitable giving Danny shit the whole time thing. Yeah, whatever. So this first uh, first blog talk this week, I actually have two of them. Um, comes from Fan Harmonicon. Harmonicon asks, uh, "Does the existence of variants of partner like friends forever eliminate the possibilities of printing any new legends with generic partner?" Mark replies back, uh, the reason you're seeing this, uh, seeing things like partner with Friends Forever and background is we don't think we can make any more generic partner cards. Huh. So it's like, okay, well, with the uh, add of background for the new Baldur's Gates, well, I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen Friends Forever. I can well, remember the, what the, set that was the from. The Friends Forever it stems from the Secret Lair uh, Stranger Things. Okay, that would make sense. But then at the same time, like, them kind of making a little bit more uh, pigeonholed ones, too, because, like, background is, and we'll get into it here, too, is a little bit more defining as to what you can use with that, just like Friends Forever, where you can only partner with another car that has Friends Forever. Yep, yep. Well, it seems like background, I guess, the easiest way to understand that or simplify it is it's a partner companion. Yeah. Whereas it's there, but you can't technically cast it until you have. Well, it's kind of a little bit. It's a little bit like Oathbreaker. Yeah. Where you have your your commander and your signature spell and you can't do your signature spell until you have the commander. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's definitely a good way to think about it too. So so, but anyway, our next one is coming from Honor Basket. Basquet. Basquet. You got me. Q is those those are the tricky ones. I tell you, I bet um, it's French. Anyway, they asked in EDH, cut a deal is basically draw three cards for three mana, which is a very mana effective. Mono blue can't even draw three cards for three mana unconditionally. 
and cut a deal funct- fundamentally fundamentally contradicts the mono white draw one additional card per turn rule. It also isn't given giving the opponent the same number of cards like secret uh, rendezvous. I don't see how this isn't a clarify break, and it feels like Magic broke a very clear line between parts of the player base loudly complained. What gives? And the long response from Mark. Here's the core issue with card drawing in white. White is the color with the most answers, but they are varied. So white is strongest when it knows when what threats it's facing. If white cards draw... White card drawing is too strong. It's able to accumulate answers to even threat or to every threat. We solve this in two ways: either we limit how fast you can draw in white once per turn, or we make sure the other players are drawing threats the same rate white is drawing answers. All players slash you and an opponent draw the same amount of cards. Um, multiplayer throws a wrinkle in this because there are more players capable of each drawing a threat, so cut a deal equalizes the threat and answers draw issues, but spreads it amongst players, which gives an advantage to the caster as they're drawing more cards, but it doesn't let white get ahead on the threat slash answer uh, vector. To give some context behind this, Cut a Deal is a new card from Commander Legends. It's yep. two and a white sorcery speed that reads, you draw three cards and each opponent draws a card. So that right there, just being sorcery makes it even. But then at the same time too, like I throw this into like, you know, the Tempt, uh, tempt with Discovery yep. style of cards. No matter what, I'm going to get something. Yep. Where, you know, maybe the cut a deal aspect of this maybe is a little bit more on the I get it, it, where it, this person's it, coming it, from it's side. It's more of a bend than a break. Well, hold on. I got I to gotta jump in here. I did I did misread this card. It's still two and a white sorcery speed, but each opponent draws a card. Then you draw a card for each opponent who drew a card this way. Oh, so yeah. It's, if you have two opponents, then it's two cards. But then, so this, then it's even more in the realm of tempt with discovery, but this is a... It's a guaranteed, yep, this happens. Whereas Tempted Discovery, you get the option. Your opponents make the decision whether or not to do it. Yep. Where that one's a green doesn't need any more help mana ramping. No, but with, well, well, with at least Tempted Discovery, you draw at least one. Or you but can get at least get one. Cost. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a high cost for yep. the one, but it's like you're guaranteed at least one. But then, yeah. This one, I mean, it's definitely more so geared at the uh, geared at the multiplayer format. Yep, and that's where it'll see its most play. Well, it's it's a Baldur's Gate card. Yeah, but at the same time, think about it this way: like Legacy and Vintage well, get to play these cards. I too. suppose they do, don't they? But in the, those aspects, it's a one-on-one where yeah, okay, so cool. You, you play this. Card. You play this card, and oh, it's okay, cool. You you draw a card, cool. I draw a card. Yep. for three mana. That's not worth it, and, and it's not going to see the legacy nope. play. So, so. It, I, I just like I understand their argument, but it's again, it's commander, and white's always going to have usually the in commander at least white's going to have the underhand compared to the other colors. Well, and like a lot, even the most recent stuff too. Um, the most recent stuff as far as white getting caught up on the land ramping, the yep. card drawing, all yep. that kind of stuff. It's you have to be at the disadvantage before you can get an advantage. Exactly. 
Whereas this one, it's not really doing a, it's not doing, it doesn't have the disadvantage aspect to it, which you know what? There are things that are within, you know, within green that break what green normally does, black, what black normally does, um, all that kind of stuff that nobody ever seems to have a problem with. But as soon as white gets the thing that bends, like strongly bends to maybe a little bit to the point of breaking. Yep. But then when you think about it within context, it's coming out of Commander Legends set. Mm-hmm. Commander. Yep. Generally speaking, a four-player arena. Yep. Where you have three opponents. Cool. Those three opponents are each drawing a card. Yep. You get to draw three. Yep. It still gives them something. You get maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you never know with card draw. I do, yep. I do feel like this is one of those examples of where it's like people are preaching, shouting to the moon of like, give white this shit. And then all of a sudden they give white this shit. And then they're like, white doesn't get this shit. It's, um, it that, it is that whole thing. So, the people that are complaining, as soon as the, the problem is dr- addressed, it's not addressed in the way that they want it addressed. Yep. So they're going to complain more about it. What's the what's the saying? Uh, the people, the the naysayers complain the loudest, or whatever that. Oh yeah, that, that something like sa- that. That saying goes: the people against something are always the loudest. Yeah, and this is this is a very solid. So, and could and be a the squeaky wheel example. gets the gets the oil. And that was beautiful. I love that. That was another blog talk. That was further along the blog talk. So basically saying the same things like, why, like why the moment white gets something, people are complaining. Like, yeah, white has, technically, white has the most answers for everything, but they don't have the card draw. Unless yeah. they have it at that moment, they can't answer it. And then jumping back into the set it's coming out of, the set it's meant for. Yep. It is a singleton set. It's not like you're going to see four copies of this in a deck because it does nowhere on the text did it say you can have up to four copies of this card in your commander deck doesn't say that it's a commander card it's in a meant for a commander set multi-purpose i don't know yeah the 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 the, the naysayers scream the loudest or whatever the yeah. fucking thing is the squeaky wheel gets the attention and this it's is all the blue a, players this is the thing i think it's more than just the blue players yeah i think this is everyone else it really is just the we want change we want change oh not that way though right <laughs> but but yeah know. no it's like it was one of those controversial blog talks is like, okay, this this makes sense. White actually does get a card draw. And right? it's a solid card draw. Like, not going to lie. Yes, yeah, it's a you can it's get, a hug. You can get three mana, draw three cards, which is, you know, the whole division. It's a hug card. You're going to play this in hug, aren't you? I I was actually thinking about it. I was like, I should put that in my hug card, hug deck. But I was like, nah, I don't know. I want to get my, my blue-green printed. There you go. That one's pretty solid. All right, well, how about we jump into the news because as soon as we're done with this first segment, i got to take a quick break and then I'll be back. Fair enough. Or do you want to take a break right now? Oh, are we able? Are you cool with us doing that? So that way I don't have just, to. He can so just pause to, it. Don't, so I don't have to sit here and do the potty dance. Make him, make him dance. Now you make him dance. You know what? No, I'm going to dance for Danny's sake. Now you, you can go. No, I'm a teacher and a bartender. I know how to hold it long enough. I drive four hours each way. Perfect. So you know the same thing. All right. So how about we begin the news segment with the newest update of information for Magic Player's favorite client, Arena. 
This is all from Watsi Arena Update article that came out last week. So you all, because I'm not from the South, you all, y'all, not y'all. You just say it as y'all. It's not that hard. You I'm all, not from the South, but I still say y'all. You all oh, yeah. remember those mythic? what those mythic uh, packs are? Well, for those that don't remember, the mythic packs are the newest arena pack that you can purchase for a 1,300 gold which comes with a guaranteed Mythic Rare or Wild Card. Mythic Packs are for all standard sets are going to be available for the, on the pack tab in the store. After this, there are now some quality of life improvements to go over. First up, the Event Navigation tab. They have added a back button so you don't have to go home and reselect the Event tab. I read that, and I'm like, did I read this correctly? I read it twice three times and four times to make sure I understand. To me, this piece is like one of those, it's that simple thing you didn't think you needed until it's there. It's a back button. Yeah. That's all they added for this and one. it's just like a, <laughs> it was It was like, oops, we forgot this. Well, it's it's the oops, we forgot this slash you didn't know you needed it until it's there Honey, portion. Honey, the kids. <laughs> so it's like a... Well, you just you know a bunch of people. Are I didn't here do going, it. He did it. You know somebody's like, Why does this need to be a thing? Oh, okay. Who the fuck forgot this code? <laughs> so the second one is Kyle. the addition of hot swapping. It's a function that will automatically change the standard legal card into a standard deck um, that have an alchemy update in their alchemy versions. So when you enter a standard deck into an alchemy event and vice versa, if if that made any sense. So basically, if you get a card that has a an, a a change to the alchemy format, it'll swap out the alchemy version for the standard version and the standard version for the alchemy version, depending on. So that way you can easily translate those decks into both formats. So you don't have to create two different decks. Yep. Correct. Uh, correct. If you, uh, if you have a card that is not an alchemy-only card yep that is premier standard set that had an alchemy change all right and then in this article they also said they have a restyled the craft all and delete buttons because i guess people were confusing the two with one another because you know what <laughs> again craft all and delete have all the same letters in it they look exactly the same when you have them in print i read it once i, I read get it why people are confused I... I read it four times to make sure I understood I was getting the information that they were trying to say there. Dude, all I'm going to say is this reminds me of like an announcement I would have to make in my classroom <laughs> type it, of thing. This where, this sounds like every iPhone update. No, to me, this this is strictly a <laughs> an Anderson classroom announcement of you I'm know, walking through going, guys, gals, remember... You can use this resource for this assignment. Wait, we can't? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. So they put the craft all button on the left and the delete button on the far oh, right Jesus. with a bunch of different things in between them. And yep. they've changed how they look. So they they have separated them, different images to stop the confusion, just like Matt said. Another improvement is the addition of my decks and starter decks tab, which I like that this is, one. Yeah, I saw Matt typing that one up. It's yep. like, that one actually makes 100% sense. So this separates the pre-built deck that Watsi automatically gives you at the beginning of a session, and now you will be able to, 
be getting implemented June 2nd along with the release of Alchemy New Capenna Set. So, going off of the Alchemy New Capenna Set, um, I'll take you over over from here, I guess. At the time of the recording, we've been only been given a handful of cards that are going to be in the Alchemy New Capenna Set. So before we get to those cards, I'm going to go over some of the other details for the set. Um, there will be the return of the mechanics Conjure, Seek, per, uh, per, Pursued, Perpetual. There we go. Words are hard. Stay in school. I got you, boo. And Spellbook. Mind you, I did graduate high school and college. I just have a speech impediment. Um, there is a new mechanical mechanic called Intensify, Intensity. And it will work like this. Cards with intensity will start with their intensity at a certain level. And the card's text will include mechanics for perpetual increasing or correlating its intensity as the game goes on. Uh, these alchemy packs can be purchased in the store for 1,000 gold and will have a modified version of a duplicate protection that will uh, prioritize Wow. Prioritize. There we go. Words are hard, guys. Uh, new cards from the Alchemy set first. Now, as from some of the cards, uh, here are a few that are caught my eye, or Matt's eye. So, we have, like... It's, it's, it's what caught your eye there, sir. Well, it's your eye. You, first up, I scroll up, um, Giant, Giant Regrowth. Still green, green, one. Instant target creature from a graveyard. Return target creature. Target card from your graveyard to your hand. If it's a creature card, it perpetually gets plus three, plus three, which is kind of a broken ability. It's very strong. It's one of those abilities that, hey, we're going to play with this card that can never be a real, a real ability. I guess... Should have looked at this before I read it. I'm just looking for cards that I would that I know or would play. Uh, I guess we'll go with Big Spender. This one was really cool. Red 1, Devil Citizen for 2-1, has haste. Whenever one or more creatures you control become blocked, create a token, treasure token. Sacrifice two artifacts to draft a card from Big Spender's spellbook. So we're getting draft cards again. Yeah, uh, going from the spellbook, looking here real quick, you can can get... uh, one of the cards among three randomly selected from the spell book, and you got, I'm not going to go read the cards, but you got Stuffed Bear, Daredevil, Dragster, Honored Heirloom, Treasure Vault, Prismatic Prism, Key to the City, Heraldic Banner, Gilded Lotus, Feligar Familiar, Golden Egg, Fountain of Renewal, uh, Guild Globe, Zephyr Boots, Arcane Encyclopedia, and Diamond Mare. Ooh, all artifacts. All artifacts so we'll do one for matt are you doing the one i think you're doing what do you think i'm doing are you doing the blind to secrecy or blind to secrecy i actually was yeah it is blue black instant choose one target counter target non-creature spell conjure a duplicate of target creature in a opponent's graveyard into your hand it perpetually gains you may spend mana as though as mana of any color to spend cast a spell and also, if there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, draft a card from Mind of Secre- um, Secrecy's gr- Spellbook. Those cards are Reassembling Skeleton, Unmarked Grave, Strategic Planning, 
Corpse Churn, Corpse Holler, Durable Cool Bug, Necrotic Wound, Obsessive Stitcher, Gorging Vulture, Liliana's Elite, Courier Bat, Locked in the Cemetery, Fear of Death, Naga Oracle, and Wonder. So yeah, that's uh, a few cards from this article. Uh, I'm pretty sure Matt's going to have the article posted below in the show notes. So if you guys want to look at them, go ahead. Indeed I will. Again, Elkme is just an apology for not doing their job. This is a bit of news that will be quick, but it's still important enough that we felt that we should talk about it. The WPN website has some updates to their UI and some other improvements. So first off, they have new features, event calendars. Quote from the article from the WPN.Wizards.com site. You've asked for it, we answered, now you can see all the events for upcoming sets at the bottom of the events page. Each event is color-coded per set and clickable, leading you to the corresponding page for the event. From the corresponding event page, you'll have the option to download the events to your personal Apple or Google Calendar and read up on permitted formats and products. There's also a spot that links out the Wizards event link to schedule the events for your store. There's now also a new WPM Premium Hub, and the hub is is the dedicated place for everything you need to know about achieving the WPM Premium designation, the recognition of being among the best game stores in the world. This is probably more important to uh, any stores that listen to us. If there's any stores listen to us, hit us up. Heck yeah. I don't know if uh, Josh listens to us, but he supports us. (laughs) And he does. Don't know if he listens. He's a busy man. I don't know if I don't know if he gets in there, but now we have more information on Beetle and Grim Secret Lair Drop that we mentioned last week in last week's MTG stream. Matthew Lillard, co-founder Lillard, Lillard, Matthew Lillard, the beautiful, the amazing Matthew in the world of Matthews. You done? I can keep going if you want me to. I'd I'd love to see how far you can go with Matthew Lillard. Yeah. First off. Joke's on you. He wouldn't accept you. Matthew Lillard, if you hear me, (laughs) acknowledge me, senpai. We got retweeted by his company. All right. Anyway, sorry. Matthew Lillard, co-founder of Beetle and Grimm, came on the stream to show off some of the new Commander's Legends Battle for Baldur's Gates preview and talk about the Beetle and Grimm secret lair. The whole show was a delight to watch, and Matt highly recommends it because I didn't get a chance to watch it. You son of a bitch. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I'm a Matthew Lillard fan, first and foremost, when we first talked about him on the episode. Dude, legitimately, last week was my last week of school. I had other things going on. Matthew Lillard should be at the top of your list of all things. Packing up my room and making sure all of my students were ready and set to go if they were going to high school or they were going on to a few more years without me in the current building I was in was at the foremost of my mind. Not a good excuse. Man. (sighs) (laughs) But to give you a recap on what we know is that the drop is called Here Be the Dragons. It contains seven epic foil-themed dragon card, or foil dragon-themed cards, a deck box, sleeves, and a life counter. We have only seen what the life counter is going to look like, and it is a metal dragon in a gonna pounce stance. On the it's the best way that I could describe it. Look at it. It <laughs> looks like the thing did. is going to pounce. I did. 
That piece I did look at. I okay. looked at some of the screenshots and everything. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole video. Anyway, and the life counter goes up to 45. The drop launches for order on Beetle and Grimm's website on June 13th. And this is already getting manufactured, and there's going to be a total of 10,000 available, which is getting ready to ship in August sometime, according to Matthew Lillard. Check the links below to get entered into the mailing list to get notified when the information is announced. And because you know what? It's a short enough article. I can read from it. I'm just going to go straight into it for you. There are some Commander Legends Battle for Boulder's Gates product delays. It doesn't seem like there would be a set release without some of these. Pew, 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 pew. Well, let's let's be real. Out of the last three, not counting Boulder's Gates, set releases, how many of them have had announcements of delays All of, of some sort? Exactly. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so due to the ongoing production delays... Various Commander Legends Battle for Boulder's Gates products will be delayed or limited in the following regions at launch. So, the APAC region. These following products will be expected to be delayed or have a limited availability. So, Japanese and Chinese simplified Commander Legends Battle for Boulder Gates set boosters across the Asian Pacific area. And then the Commander decks across all of the APAC regions and bundles across Southeast Asia. North America, the following will experience delays or limited availability across North America in the coming weeks. The draft boosters and the draft multi-packs. And then Latin America will have the following in these regions. Brazil, Portuguese, language set boosters, and then English and Portuguese language commander decks will have delays or limited product. Mexico, the English language commander set boosters will have delays or limited supplies, and Chile will have the English and Spanish language commander decks be limited supply or delayed. And then for the EMA, I believe this is EMEA, Europe. Yes, uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Africa. There we go. Yes. Oh, yeah, there we go. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Danny. Coming um, in for the clutch. There he is. Damn. Danny. Um, <laughs> Commander Legends collector boosters in mass market retailers will be limited or delayed. All right, there we go. Cool. Got the short one done. Now, what do we got next, Matt? This one is what Big G was talking about last week, where we're each picking three cards from Commander Legends Boulder's Gate that we're each interested on. Honestly, I have not been paying attention, so I don't have <laughs> I don't have three cards. <clears throat> so we all all I can say though <clears throat> is based off the one uh, video that we shared on Discord, or I should say, Christian shared on Discord. I was very disappointed in power of or what they were going for with the dragons the the d20 dragons the cycle of mythics no the the dragon the um goad oh the goad one dragons with goad like that that deck is just like it kind of i don't know it just didn't feel like dragons 
because that's what it was meant for. It was for it was a dragon set. It was a dragon commander, but it's like they're focused on goud. Yeah, the draconic descent. And yeah, that was as of today. The deck has been fully spoiled, along yep. with the uh, blue white one. I can't remember what the name of that deck is called off the top. Oh, of my the head. Um, the blue white. No, not blue white. Blue black. Then no, it's white, uh, mind, it's the mind flayers. Flares. Never mind. I'm fucking crazy. Mind flayers. It's the horrors. Yep. So yeah. do, do you want to cover the commander decks first, or do you want to talk our three? I would assume we'd have talked about the commander decks first. Okay, Danny, lead us off. You want to talk about Dragon uh, Draconic no, Descent? Since I have it, no idea it, where it's at. It has not pleased you. Okay, um, so this is not pleased, <laughs> as Matt said, it's Dra- uh, Draconic Descent. It is originally par- commanded by Furkrag, uh, Cunning ins- Instigator. Hold on, hold on. Say the name again. Furkrag. Say it again. No, please. No, it's and it's enjoyable to my ears. I don't care. Anyway, Danny, what Fuck else you, does man. this deck have for it? Uh, so it's red, blue, three for a legendary creature. Dragon has flying haste. It is a 3-3 three, three with the abilities of whenever one or more dragons you control attack an opponent, go target creature that player controls. Whenever a creature deals damage, combat damage to one of your opponents, if that creature had to attack this combat, put a plus one, plus one counter on Perkrag Cunning Instigator, and you draw a card. In this deck, we have, for Planeswalkers, we have Will Kenrith, and we also have Rowan Kenrith. The ones from Battle Bond. Yeah. They have partner with each other. Yeah. Then we have, for the creatures, we have Kiga, the Tide Star, uh, Pursued Whale, Slate Instigator. New card. Um, Ig- um, Igiator, Ants. Av- Ag- Agitator. There we go. Uh, Avatar of Sl- uh, Slaughter. Classic. Brosh Thotter. Brash Saunter. This is... Taunter. Uh, there we go. Taunter. Uh, Brando from Commander Cookout Podcast's favorite card. Chaos Dragon. We have uh, Drake- Dracuseth Ma of Flames. Um, Geoad Ranger. Goblin Spymaster. Tazul. Tyrant of the Cliffs. Um, Raizui. Raizui. The Fallen Star, Territorial Hellkite, Thunder Dragon, Vengeful Ancestor. We have Warmerger, Hellkite, Niv Mizzet, Parun, 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 um, Solon, Simulcrum, Steel Hellkite, Stuffy Doll, Burnish Heart, Spirit Dragon. Sources we have Aether Gal, or Aether Gal. Uh, Curse of the Swine, Blasphemous Axe, Chain Reaction, Disrupt Decurum, um, Convulsive Research. Instances we have um, Demiring Will, Reigns of Power, Chaos Warp. Artifacts we have 11 of them. We have Midnight Clock, Dragon's Horde, Arcane Signet, Mindstone, Wayfarer's Bobble, Bloodthirsty Blade, Farewell Stone, um, Hedrum, Archive, Izzet Signet, Soul Ring, Talisman of Creativity. For enchantments, we have Dissipation Fields, Archron War, Physics, Infinite... Uh, psychic. Psychic, there we go. I don't know why I said Physics. Um, psychic Impus, uh, Shiny Impus, Curse of Verbosity. Verbosity. There we go. Propaganda, Curse of Obelence, 
Uh, again, words are hard, guys. Uh, for lands, we have 38. We have Castle of Vontress, Desolate Lighthouse, Kirky, Temple of Infamy, Wandering Fomerol, uh, Command Tower, Ash Barrens, Is It Boiler, Ma- Boiler Works, Mirrored Landscapes, Path of Ancestry, Prismary Campus, Regular Tower, Temple of the False Gods, Terrain Generator. Then we have 12 Islands, 12 Mountains. And then we have, I guess, the sideboard. No, this ain't the sideboard. These are the just cards. Just random cards? No, no, they're in the deck. They're just not official because they're not officially released. And the oh. Wizards site ha- doesn't like... Doesn't count. categorize them? Yeah, as new cards. Okay. Okay, well, then you have to look actually at the pictures. Uh, we have Bathless, Beretti, and Entertainer. Clan Crafter, Artifact, um, Artifactor Class. Astral Dragon, Mocking Doppelganger, uh, Bothersome Quasite, Death Kiss, Loot Disrupt, or Disrupt uh, Speculator, Showdown, and Anger, uh, Angler Turtle. So, it's just one of those things, like, the little bit that I watched is like, hey, this is just me goad. That's all it is. And everything that I've seen is like, oh, hey. Again, I saw, like, blog talks with this, like, oh, hey. Once it's past turn four, this person who's running this can't be attacked because everything has to attack someone else. Very much so. It's a solid deck. There's a lot of cool reprints and stuff in here. You got two of the original Kamigawa dragons in here. Uh, Ryusei and Kaiga, the Tidestar. Hover over the Goid Ranger. Right there. Oh, Geode uh, Ranger. Ranger. Okay. So I have this in my landfall deck. Yes. Because it's landfall. Not just because it's... And it goads when the land enters. Yeah. Which is really good. It's a solid reprint. The uh, the the reprints in this deck, really good. Notable ones, you have Talisman of Creativity, which is the Is It Talisman. You got Solar Ring. Uh, is It Signet, Felwar Stone, Wayfarer's Bobble, Mindstone, Arcane Signet, Dragon's Horde, which was a card that recently started moving up in price because of the dragons not knowing if it was going to get reprinted, and here it is in a commander deck. I think it'll still go up a little bit, too, with a, you know, obviously there's going to be some mass reprintings of it, but at the same time... Foils. It's not getting yep. printed in a foil. The foils, exactly. this is still going to move up. Another card that we're going to actually talk about here a little bit later is... Where did it go? Why am I not seeing it? It made it in here. There we go. Vengeful Ancestor. This is a card we're going to be talking about in the Conjure yep. Currency section. But because now today, again, Conjure Currency gets released on Friday, and it's Monday when we record the podcast. Prices will change. We'll cover this pro- This Vengeful Ancestor. Stick tuned. Uh, can can I read the Mind Flayers deck then? I'd be, I'd be doing us a disservice if I didn't have you do it. You're the best. I'd okay. do it again. So we have Captain... Nigthroid, Nekthroid, which is black blue three for a three six legendary horror pirate. Horrors you control have menace. Whenever a horror you control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. At the beginning of your end step, choose target artifact or creature card in an opponent's graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn. Put it onto the battlefield under your control. Now, 
the we have some new cards and stuff in here as well that's uh are labeled as other those cards are zealix sanity flare haunted one absolute spawn endless evil grill philosopher sonic ritual brain stealer dragon from the catacombs and uchalon uch uchalon but as for reprints in the deck we have chasm soccer forgotten creation grissix ithlid scholar hullbreaker horror mind flare overcharged amalgam sludge monster wharf infiltrator dark hatchling dross harvester guilt guilt feeder hunted hunted horror Ooh, this one's actually pretty good because this was showing up in a torpor orb modern deck for a while yep. night howler myth nilith oh god i'm so bad at some names as well words are hard sewer nemesis woe strider consuming aberration nemesis of reason frexian revoker psychosis crawler spell skite Daruthi horror dusk mangler frexian rager plague spitter and ravenous chupa cabra as all creatures now into the sorcerer section we have fractured sanity the new card for a modern horizons 2 crippling fear hex in garuk's wake feed the swarm Siphon Mine, Extract from Darkness. Instance, we have Pull from Tomorrow, Curtain's Call, Memory Plunder, Factor Fiction, one of my favorite cards, Drown in the Lock. Now moving to artifacts, we have Arcane Signet, Mind Stone, Demir Kirun, Demir Signet, Everflowing Chalice, Herald's Horn, which is a significant reprint, actually, because that card is like $8 to $10. It's getting reprinted in here. Uh, a quick read, it's enters the battlefield choose a creature type creatures you control the chosen type cost one less to cast beginning of your upkeep look at the top card of your library if it's a creature card of the chosen type you may reveal it and put it into your hand and with a deck that's full of horrors it is important there and what? reducing the cost of this card lightning greaves mind crank soul ring talisman of dominance and thought vessel enchantments we have leyline of anticipation Reflections of Litjara, which came out in Keldheim, which makes uh, things copy spells. And Black Market. Lands, Choked Estuary, Creeping Tar Pit, Dark Water Catacombs, Drowned Temple, Exotic Orchard, Nefalia Drownyard, Rivers of Tears, Sunken Hollow, Temple of Deceit, Command Tower, Ash Barrens, Demir Aqueduct, Myriad Landscape, Path of Ancestry, Port of Carfell, Rogue's Passage, Tainted Isle, Temple of the False God, Nine Islands, and Eleven Swamps. And that's the, the two commander decks that were shown today, one by Jumbo Commander and the other one by the SCG uh, Commander Versus guys Yep, that were shown those. Tomorrow we're going to have MTG Mudsta, and uh, the Game Nights show the last two decks, but by the time that this episode comes out, we will not have seen them yet. So. Yeah, those will already be out. So yes. make sure to pay attention. Yes. And listen to us next week. Maybe we'll talk about it then. But yeah, so, uh, honestly, but for, for the decks, they got some pretty good reprints in here, I would say. And the new cards are pretty intense. I was going to say, like, with this one, uh, you know, Ben, Anthony, and I were talking about this one. Because, you know, Anthony and I are big commander players. Ben, not so much. Ben is going to buy a couple of singles for flavor purposes because he is a big D&D guy. Um, I I am probably in the camp of I'll probably buy the commander decks and maybe a set booster, but that's kind of where I'm at. 
And but I am gonna be buying some singles out of this one for sure. Um, number one for me, Earthquake Dragon. That's my card. I wanted to talk about my first one. Colin Dibs already. You got to call. You guys got to talk about the Commander decks. Fair, fair. Um, as we talked about on our Discord, this is freaking Galta with wings. Because so it is a fourteen colorless one green elemental dragon. This spell costs X less, where X is equal to the total mana value of the dragons you control. It has flying and trample. Oh, how can we make this even better? Graveyard recursion. So you pay two and a green sacrifice a land and return Earthquake Dragon from your graveyard to your hand. It's a 10-10. This thing is fucking stupid. <laughs> it's nuts, and I love it. It's so good. Because within the realm of decks I want to build, a dragon deck is on that list, and I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't include green in the dragons, so here we go. If you make it green-blue, you can get yourself, uh, first off, Mass Word Nexus, yep. which is called a list card, but then you can get Psychic Incursion? No. What's the name of that fucking card from Euphorexia that makes creatures of a certain type as well? You got one of those. That changes that. And the fact that there's so many cards that change creatures into all creature types for this to get counted towards. Honestly, though, with this, like the theme, the idea of doing a dragon theme, it would be, I wouldn't have to cheat around and do the choose a creature type. All creatures are of this Mm -hmm. type, like arcane adaptation. Um, Yep. Um, But it really would, it would be a dragon deck. You know, I do like my tribes dragons being i think everyone that plays magic at some point does a dragon themed deck to me that's like it's just kind of that it falls within the this is the mythical realm and dragons are what 90 percent of people think as soon as they jump into mythical it's dragons okay yep dragons well it's also edh elder dragons so it should just be dragons anyways but remember, it's not EDH anymore. It's I Commander. Know, I know. Some of us are old fogies, and remember, back in the day, it was EDH. It's yeah. so Why are you both looking at me at that? Hey, I still call it. <laughs> I, I'm just saying you're you're talking, so that's why I looked at you. Oh, you both kind of had the sim- simultaneous look of "shut up, old man." I still call it EDH more than Commander <laughs> because you're EDH not much older than I am. Flows off the tongue better than Commander. But. W- well, when we think of the magic world of things, I think I'm old compared to you. Yeah, you're playing longer than I am. Yeah. yeah. And that's more so what I was getting at. Is okay. the, yeah. Shut up. Do we have to do this again, old well, man? When did when did they officially change from EDH to Commander? So when I started playing magic is when EDH came, like started being more popular. And yep. that was in 09. Okay. They started. It was they switched with it, the commander decks with like which would have been Animar, Kalia, Mimeoplasm, and that which was, was 2011. What? I thought it was 16 for some reason. No, 2011 was the first commander decks. 2013 was the next round of decks that had Prosh, uh, Yevla, uh, Marin, and was that the same one that came out with Olderow? I think but so, stuff, yeah. But stuff like that. So it's 2011 was when it kind of got changed from EDH to Commander. So I had I had a good two years of playing EDH before it became Commander. So it was Commander before I started. Yes. Yeah. So you are looking at me like, do we have to do this again, old man? Matt, yes. what's one of the cards you're looking forward to out of Boulder Gate? 
Oh, you're starting with me right away. I already started with Ur- Earthquake Dragon. Fair. Okay. So the... I purposely started so I could get that one. One card I am excited for is where did it go? There we go. Uh, Gale Waterdeep Prodigy. Blue 2, 1, 3, Legendary Human Wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard. If it's a spell cast from your graveyard this way, it would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So you cast an instant, you cast an instant from your hand, you cast a sorcery from your graveyard. You cast a sorcery from your hand, you cast an instant from your graveyard. This thing also has choose a background. Gale can be your commander. I don't care much about the the commander aspect of it. I mean, it's pretty cool. But the fact that you get to cast stuff from your graveyard, instances and sorceries from your graveyard, is really cool to me. Is this a new Snapcaster? It double casts. Because it says you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard. It's a cast. It's not like you put it on the stack. It's just like it casts. I'm just saying it's just a new version of Snapcaster. It's really good. All right, Danny, what do you got? Off of the quick look, what's up in your excited Um, for? Mentioned this last week. Uh, Legion of Loyalty is going to be a card that I want to add to my Rift deck. Definitely a card that gets Danny hard. Um, Again, for those who don't remember, Legion of Loyalty is a white-white six enchantment. Creatures you control have Maraud. Um, whenever a creature with Maraud attacks for each opponent other than a defending player, you may create a token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped and attacking that player for or Planeswalker they control exile tokens at the end of combat. It's a you may, which is yep. a great thing. Alright, so my next one is Vexing Puzzle Box. This is a three cost colorless artifact. Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a number of charge counters on Vexing Puzzle Box equal to the result. So you roll a six, you put six on there. You roll a hundred, you put a hundred on there, which I bring up hundred for a specific reason. But before that, you tap, add a color, add one mana of any color, roll a d20. But then tap, remove 100 charge counters from Vexing Puzzle Box. Search your library for an artifact card, put that card onto the battlefield, and then shuffle. So I feel like this one, like this one's going to have some wheeling and dealing. It's going to be one of the, I think it's going to be one of those sought after cards for like dice rolling theme decks. Zener Splendid and Akun. Yep. So that one I'm excited for. And yeah. So Matt, next. Oh, that's right. I am next now. Yep. Okay. Do, do, do. The card I was looking for here in the artifact section. There's a couple cool like reprints. Just want to like comment on. First off, we got a new mindstone with different art getting printed here. But uh, one that I was excited for. I don't know why. I like the fact of uh, some mana ramp spells. But the one that it's not a mana ramp, but it's a good one is fraying line. Four colors artifact. When it enters the battlefield, put a rope counter on target creature you control. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player may pay two colorless. If they do, put a rope counter on a creature they control. Otherwise, exile fraying line and each creature without a rope counter on it, then remove all rope counters from creatures. It's kind of like a weird, um, oh, not Oblivion Ring, uh, O-Stone, Oblivion Stone kind of a thing. Or the there's some Plains Chase cards that have this style of effect, but they put it into a four-mana artifact. Danny, what do you got for us next? 
Um, I I guess this one just pops out because it's uh, some red mana helper. Uh, we go to Ancient Copper Dragon, which is red, red, four. Elder Dragon Flying. Um, when Ancient Copper Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. When you create a number... Why uh, you create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result of your roll? Can, can we take like a quick side tangent for all this whole cycle of dragons, real quick? They're all really cool. They are all really fucking cool, and that's like an understatement. So, Danny just read Ancient Copper Dragon. Scro- scroll a little further down, you can get all the alt arts, and they're all right there. So the white version of it is the ancient gold dragon flying when it enters the battlefield deal combat damage to a player. Whenever ancient gold dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. You create a number that shows up on the dice of 1-1 blue fairy dragon creature tokens with flying equal to the result. And then ancient silver dragon is the blue version. And sorry, ancient gold dragon is five and two whites. Ancient silver dragon is six and two blue. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. Draw cards equal to the result. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Ancient brass dragon, which I think this is one of the ones that was leaked, actually. This is the first one that they showed, actually, on mm-hmm. the Stream. Oh, so there we was, go. It was officially shown first uh so five colorless two black pings whenever it deals combat damage roll a d20 if you're not catching on the theme deal combat damage roll a d20 something happens when you do put any number of target creature cards with total mana value of x or less from the graveyard onto the battlefield where under your control where x is the result and then ancient bronze dragon five colorless two green Deal combat damage, roll a d20, put X number of plus one, plus one counters on each up to two target creatures where X is the result. So people are saying Ancient Bronze Dragon is kind of like the weakest of all the dragons, but I do want to say that it can target itself, putting those plus one, plus one counters on it. Which, it's nuts. Like, all of the, like, I love the fact that they're still sticking with the, this is a D&D set. Mm-hmm. Sticking with some dice rolling, becoming part of the game. Yep. Kind of jumping back to the, um, you know, unsanctioned where dice rolling was a relevant part. Yep. Where the unsets have maybe not the direct, hey, this will eventually make it in in this way, but it will make it in some variation where dice rolling has become part of the game now. Yeah. Well, and, and with with ancient bronze like it's you can roll a net 20 and put 20 plus one plus one counters on two separate creatures yep it's not separating it's identical because then think of it too like you do it this way where you swing out and you do a big swing and you somehow give ancient bronze dragon first strike and it goes unblocked you do a first strike damage, then you roll your dice, and then you can put those counters on something mm-hmm. else that wasn't blocked. Yep. So it, it is just one of those things where you can get fun and cheeky with this. Well, kind even, of stuff. even if something was blocked, but and then you can beef it up. Yep. But and know, and then you have all the greens abilities of doubling plus one plus one counters. Yep. And all that stuff. So it's like, I I see it. I can understand why it's kind of a weak compared to the other ones, but it's yep. still. In the right deck, this thing is going to be a powerhouse. 
Yep. Let's and that's what we, you know, we're just talking about. Put it in the right deck. Give it first strike. Give it double strike. Give it a way to be unblockable. Something yep. like that. It works. Okay, so talking about just putting it in a deck, yes, it's good. But just talk about rolling the dice in general for any deck that's not even like built around it. Yep. A lot of the times you're 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 going to be rolling a number. I think the average is between like what six and thirteen or something yep. like that. And just like giving two creatures at minimum plus seven plus seven yeah, is that's, pretty fucking bonkers. That's that's pretty powerful. Or. Or in the case of the gold dragon making seven one one flying blue fairy dragon tokens, which brought recently was brought to the attention of uh, Kess Wiley. I think he made a TikTok about it, talking about if you have dragon tempest, which is a two mana red white enchantment, all those come out and they trigger for each drag uh, deals damage to any target equals the number of dragons you control. So they all come out, they all trigger, and it's just like. Bow, 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 bow. And I think the number was like four, you could you could deal four hundred and twenty damage if yep. you got like a nats anything, but any number is still good of making that amount of blockers, making that amount of treasures, returning that much uh, mana value from your graveyard to play, or just drawing those cards and no longer having a max hand size. Well, and two, these cards are fucking sick. Two, the other thing is any that that philosophy of giving first strike to any of these. You give first strike to these, then you have time to respond before. Regular combat damage is applied. Right. So, I mean, yep, you make fairy tokens, the Tempest come, you do the Tempest idea where then, cool, you can get rid of one of the other blockers that maybe is going to kill your shit. Yep. Drawing cards, maybe you draw some answers that help you do other things. Maybe you have some ETBs with the Ancient Brass Dragon coming in, you know, Ancient Copper Dragon. Oh, cool, now I have... You have the extra mana. Now I have extra mana to pump into some spells or you somehow combined all of these lovely dragons together <laughs> and you get all you get all, all the, of all their of effects all at the same time and it's like okay shit because then the fun part is too you, hypothetically you run five color dragon deck you have all five of these out at the same time you swing and give them all first strike at the same time it's like, okay Ur, cool or dragon well yeah but you yep. go, you go. Dragons go burr, and you go. This one's rolling. 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 And you can do everything before. And and then you have first uh, strike damage is done. Kirk in your deck. Kirk. Jesus fuck. But not even that. There's some. <laughs> there's some like uh, effects of where you roll a roll a dice that came out in Adventures with the Forgotten Realms that will be benefiting these. Yep. Honestly, if 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 I had to say right now, you got the white dragon and the green dragon bro- both pre-selling sub $10. I guess this is going to lead into the Contra Currency section of these cards. As soon as people get their hands on these and start playing with them, because it's like, oh, uh, seven mana, uh, yeah, seven mana for the Ancient Gold Dragon is just going to make seven one one Blue Fairy Dragon creature tokens. That is going to be just that, super and that, powerful thing. alone. This isn't a one-time effect. This is every time it attacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get multiple attack triggers and you get no, them. deals combat damage. Yeah, or deals, deals combat deals damage, damage. Sorry. Yeah. When we were talking with the double strike and stuff. But yeah, double strike. So then you get first strike, you get a roll. Second, you know, regular strike, you get a roll. Yep. You get multiple combat steps. I was just about to bring that up if you were going to bring that up. Multiple Trample. combats. You know how many times we have now seen things that bring multiple combats? Exactly. You have the one. Uh, there, there's another card that brings multiple combats in Commander Legends, but there is one. Uh, Zendikar what? Rising, the um, uh, Murag. Murag, um, yep. Was it Murag? With the, the fucking ox. Yep, where you, you got to play it right. It's a landfall one where you, you have to swing first in regular combat for to get the maximum value. It's one of those cards you're 
some people aren't playing right. I, I, I do feel a lot of, when it comes to these, these D20 cards where you roll a D20 and get results equal to it, just baseline, think of getting seven. So this thing deals combat damage, and you get like seven cards, seven creatures, seven treasures, seven power on things. Like, well, with the, the Brass Coal Dragon, that's 14 because you put it on yeah. two creatures. But then here's one thing, too, as we're talking about, you know, rolling dice and everything, too. Um, for those of you who don't play D&D, make sure to get a D&D set of dice if you're going to be playing these cards because the regular spin downs that you get. They are not legitimate D20s. They are roll downs. People do uh, get a little... Uh, uh, Butthurt. Yeah. Bent. Yeah. If you use like a spin down dice. Casually, it's fine. But if you're going to be going to like uh, Comp Ario and stuff, you're going to want to Honest, have like a randomized D20. Honestly, with these, I would... Even with rolling for turn order at the beginning of a game... I would say have the legit versions of them. So, you know, D12s, D20s, all that jazz. You can't really fuck up a D6, but, you know, there are probably ways. Those dragons dragons are good. We're just going to, like, highlight the fact anything that's any of these dragons that are sub 10 are going to be better than you actually think they are. So make sure to, you know, do as the prof says, order singles. Yes. Um, But I vote we just keep it at two and we jump into the conjuring currency section. Yeah. Very fair, very fair. It is now getting pretty, pretty yep. late here. I'm going to miss the uh, the second part on the counter currency section. I think that's just fine. Okay, so counter currency. As always, we jump to the counter currency section where we cover magic, finance of notable cards, and their price trends. The main resource that we use for this is the amazing site, mtgstocks.com, that comes out with a weekly winner's article that goes over to three to five cards that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The weekly winner's article drops Fridays. We record on Mondays, so if there's any price differences between then and now, we will let you know. So let's jump into this. Starting off, we have Citadel Hierophants which is green three druid creature that reads a human druid. Creatures you control have tap add green to your mana pool. This card, as of Friday, jumped up 396% and was at 1976. Market price as of today, Monday, is 1445. Average price of 1699. You have an European average of 335. And from my understanding of this, there is no foil pressings because it wasn't until Urza's, Urza's legacy I think is when foils were made so this is was Urza's saga original printing so there's no foils of uh, Citadel Hierophants and Citadel Hierophants are moving up in price because of a card that we recently saw in Commander Legends which is called Ragadraga Gotus Boss green red 2 4 4 legendary creature human boar that reads, each creature you control with a mana ability gets plus two, plus two. Whenever a creature you control with a mana ability attacks, untap it. And whenever you cast a spell, if at least seven mana was spent to cast it, untap target creature, it gets plus seven, plus seven, and gains trampled till end of turn. So there's kind of like this new gruel mana dorks deck that is like picking up in pace of what magic players are seeing wanting to build and ragadraga is kind of at the helm of a lot of that you also see cards like cryptolith right that is moving up or anything that gives creatures the ability to tap 
to add mana. You could look at like uh, Paradise Mantle, which is a card that gives a creature a mana ability as well, and things like that. They're going to be slowly moving up in price. It has multiple facets of like, so all your mana dorks are now, like if we're looking at a Lenowar Elf, is now one mana 3-3 with a Raga Draga go to spots out. It's, it's, it's going to be a very typical mana dork build that you're going to see all around for this card. And uh, Citadel Hierophants, it's, it's just moving up press because it's an old card. It's not on the reserve list, but it hasn't been reprinted yet. If you got them, check your bulk because this thing was sub $4 for the longest fucking time. And now you could probably like bank out on at least doubling your money on that thing. Next up in the weekly winners, we have Lethal Schemes, new card from one of the recent Streets of New Capenna Commander decks. Black Black 2, instant, convoke. So you can tap creatures to help cast the ability, and they tap for colors and whatever color the creature is. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Each creature that connived this way, or that convoked this way, connives. There we go. So you can have four creatures that then connive, and the card jumped up 297% and was at $12 on Friday. Today, market price of Lethal Schemes is $8.98, average price of $9.96, European average of $2.61. There are multiple different printings of this. You got the promo pack version, which has the Planeswalker stamp on the arts, and you have the extended arts that doesn't have the reminder text on it, and that card is around $17.32 average price as of today, Monday. So moving up in price because this just goes in a bunch of different black style decks of where you're making like tokens can tap and cast just because it's a free spell then at that point, like quote unquote free. You need four creatures to tap to be able to destroy something. And as we all know as magic players, when it comes to free spells, they fucking make waves. And just tapping four creatures is not that hard. People are talking about that it's a very good addition into the Mind Flayers deck, which is the horror pirate deck that we just talked about, whatever, 10 minutes ago and yep. shit and stuff like that, because you could just put it in there. It also was talked about on the Nitpicking Nerds latest video about talking about cards most worth buying, and the Nitpicking Nerds can make waves when it comes to talking about magic cards as well. They got a huge following behind them. Next up in the weekly winners, mentioned this card just a little bit earlier ago, Vengeful Ancestor. It is Red Red 2, Creature, Spirit, Dragon for a 3-4 with flying. When Vengeful Ancestor enters the battlefield or attacks, goad target creature. And whenever a goaded creature attacks, it deals one damage to its controller. This card, as of Friday, jumped up 76% and then was chilling around $2.99. But as of today, market price, $2.45, average $2.99, European average $1.22. This was first originally printed in the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms Commander decks, but now we have just confirmed that it has a reprint in the Draconic Descent Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. And being a dragon, pairing in there, goading it's just it was just a card that was like lined up to meet all these price increase requirements but now it kind of kind of is getting a reprint and getting kicked in the shin here it's getting printed specifically in the deck because it goads so i don't know like this is this is one of those cards it's like 
yo, it was looking so good. But then it got such a quick reprint yeah. compared to everything. So I don't think it's going to be as as intense of a card as people were thinking about in the beginning. Big G. All right, so picking up some of these cheap pickups. Like always, the last few weeks we've been talking about the premium penny stocks feature on MTG Stocks. Their identifier this week is Blood Artist, and this is the Avison Restored one, and it's sitting at $4.52 and moving up. So for those of you who play those wonderful blanking our, on... Our, uh, aristocrats. Aristocrats, uh, thank you. Um and don't remember what this is. It's a single and a black. Whenever it or another creature dies, target player loses one life. You gain one life. It's zero one. It's had a few different reprintings, including a Seven. secret layer. Six different reprintings. All of them. All of them for almost $5 each. So all of these are most likely going to be slowly moving up. But there you go. And then we have uh, Tevres Zot Doom of Fools out of Commander Legends sitting at $6.32. This one is trending down, and this is one that you can do partner, and it can be your commander, so make sure to look into that. And, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, is sitting at $11.99, and it's slowly trending down. So... If you haven't gotten your Euros yet, now might be a good time to start looking at them and picking them up. But you know what, Matt? In a real quick two sentences or less, if I'm looking to pick up some of these cheap pickups or maybe I'm looking to see maybe some of my cards in my bulk are moving up in price, is there a resource I can use? M- uh, uh, TCG, TCGSniper.com is a price tracking website I said sentences. You don't have to count your words. Oh, words. Okay. MTG uh, TCG Snapper is a price tracking website that does a re- really great job of helping you uh, track your cars that you want to sell or you want to buy, notifying you when they move up or down in price, whether that be for whatever fucking card that you want or seal the product. They are amazing, truly. We use them here at This Week in MTG, but we don't have a, a ThoughtCast because we did the ThoughtCast with Jay earlier. And I guess here is a, a quick replug for the amazing Jay at MTG Drip on Twitter. Go check him out. He makes great content on his Twitter posts, on his Instagram, and he has some really fucking sick playmats that he wants us to help him uh, promote because the really cool blue playmats with his logo, MTG Drip, it's, 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 it's dripping, it's viscous, it looks so fucking cool, and it's blue. Go check them out. Links down below for Jay. Follow him anywhere that you can. If you follow us, he is totally worth the follow. Ten times worth the follow. Okay, and with that, I think we're at the end of the podcast. I then. think we are. Oh. Danny's happy. He's throwing a. He's doing a happy dance right now. He's totally seat. doing a happy dance. I can't tell if it's a happy dance or a potty dance, but either way, we're going to call it a happy dance. Thank you. All, thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making the episode, end of the episode 140 of This Week in MTG. Thank you to all of our amazing and lovely patrons who support us and all this content that you are listening to. Thank you to Jay for taking the time on wanting to be on the podcast. We fucking love having you on, Jay. Have you on? And then also... Awkward sounds. <laughs> want to give you a big... Uh, give a big lovely thank you to JW Sports Cards and Gaming for being the sponsor of this podcast. Now, do you two have anything else you want to add to this? No way. Have a good night, everybody. Nope. And with that magic folk, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.
Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! I've also dope cards.